Welcome back to Death Hotler. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. Death. Joining me as always is my co-host, La Urena. And this part of the episode, we are discussing X, also from 2022. Tagline, dying to show you a good time. <laughs> that that one's good. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, it is. Uh, directed by Ty West, written by Ty West. Uh, music by Tyler Bates and Chelsea Wolf. Made on a budget again of one million. This one made fifteen point one million, so it did better than Pearl. Wow! I think there's a reason for that. Uh, yeah, maybe. We didn't mention it in the last episode. We said we would, but we'll get it in this episode we'll, as a catch up. We didn't mention our overall thoughts about Pearl, but I think it'd be good yeah. once we discuss acts to say between the two of them what we think. You yeah, know. I I agree. Uh, principal players again: Mia Goth. She's playing Maxine Minx. And Pearl, dual roles in this movie, uh, who is the final girl and the slasher, which is interesting. Oh, yeah. We have uh, Stefan Ure playing Howard, who's also a slasher in the movie, and Pearl's psychotic but dedicated husband. Oh, that's so sweet. It's a better <laughs> love, love story than Twilight. Uh, most most uh, love stories are better than Twilight, but yes, <laughs> I agree with that statement. Uh, Steven Ure has been like, he's mostly known for playing, uh, just like actually just roles of like, you know, monsters in movies and, and that sort of thing. CGI, especially he was in, the, uh, playing orcs and, and goblins, I guess in the Hobbit trilogy, Lord of the Rings, the two towers and return of the King. Uh, he played, uh, like, I guess a dead eye at Nash versus the evil dead. Uh, he was in mortal engines. He played in the, Really, really good and underrated movie, Deathgasm. Um, it's it's more like a like uh, these de- uh, black metal rockers uh, end up discovering an album that actually summons real uh, demons to the world and start you know taking over shit. It's is it's there a, a book movie. that goes with the album called the Necronomicon? <laughs> no, this is just an album that was uh, that that summons the demons from the playing of it, which is very Lovecraftian too, just like the Necronomicon, because yeah. I think there's a story about that. Uh, he was in Perfect Creature, Dark Stories, Tales from Beyond the Grave. And you know, it's funny because you said he's playing basically like goblin-like creatures, which makes sense because I feel like in this movie he was playing a fucking old-ass goblin. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, him playing under, like, tons of makeup makes perfect sense. That's who they would have got for the character. Uh, James Galen plays Sheriff Dentler, who's just trying to deal with some fucked up shit in his town. I don't I fucking mean, blame him. <laughs> <laughs> he's dealing I mean, with some shit, and he's seen some shit. Yeah, he's uh, he's like farmers, you know, insurance <laughs> company. He, he knows how to deal with this shit because he's seen, seen some, some shit. shit. Yep. Uh, he was in Avatar, The Meg, and also Ash versus the Evil Dead. Nice. Uh, Jeff Dolan plays the deputy, the county worker who just stepped in it. Just, I mean, just yeah. got all up in that, that viscera. He like, stepped in over. the shit. <laughs> he was in the uh, Spooked, and he's also a voice actor of all things in the Power Rangers, which okay. is kind of weird. Interesting. Owen Campbell plays RJ, the cameraman, Nubbin stand-in, that's Texas Chainsaw reference for all you folks, and he's a cuck. He looks like Nubbins. Yeah, I, I know, right? I mean, when I saw him, I'm like, okay, you clearly had Nubbins in mind with this cameraman. That's what you, you got. Um, 
He's in movie Candyland. My heart uh, can't beat unless you tell it to. Depraved and Super Dark Times. And he was definitely depraved and Super Dark Times in this movie. <laughs> Uh, Martin Henderson plays Wayne, who's a poor man's Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I'm uh, so glad you said it, because, oh, my God, the whole time. Uh, he's the dollar store brand, everybody. If, 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 you want, if you want Matthew McConaughey, but you want him just a little bit cheaper, you get Martin Henderson. Oh, my God. It's like you got him off of Timu. It's still quality, <laughs> but you question it. Uh, he's also a strip club owner and a wannabe porn director. Um, yeah. Uh, he was in the movie Smoking Aces, The Strangers Pray at Night, and The Ring from 20, uh, 2002. So he's, wow. he's been, in, been in some shit. Uh, Kid Cuddy plays Jackson, a member of the BBC. I'll, I'll let you all figure oh out what that is. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> and his name is like Scott Messicuddy or something. Yeah, yeah. Which is so funny. Uh, but that's not his, the name he goes by as a musician. So, uh and he was also in Need for Speed and Don't Look Up. I got to give this guy credit. Like, this guy legit loves horror movies, and he was so happy about being in this movie. Like, in oh, the, yeah. in the uh, special features, like, they were talking to him, and he's like, I love this. He's like, I'm so happy that, you know, and, he, and you could tell in his face. I'm like, that's cool. Whenever people actually, like, he said it was his first horror film and hopefully not his last because he really liked doing the movie. So uh, I'm pretty sure he had no problem being naked around those hot ladies. And giving them the business, yeah. Mm-hmm. That 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 couldn't have been, yeah. That was hard work for him. But oh I'm yeah, s- <laughs> so hard. Uh, Brittany Snow, uh, surprisingly, given some of her you know past roles, and kudos to her for accepting the role in this movie that she did. Plays Bobby Lynn, the amateur porn star, queen of the strip club. Uh, she was, of course, in Pitch Perfect, played the redhead in that movie that got, like, the tonsil issues that caused her to be able to sing with a deep falsetto vo- oh, uh, God. Deep voice. I, I don't know what that's falsetto or not, but anyways, a deep voice. Uh, she was in the Prom Night remake in 2008, and she's a voice actress in Kingdom Hearts 2, which is really uh, weird. I didn't know yeah. she was in that. <laughs> um, also, for the... The, the ladies out there, if we have any in the audience, which I hope we do, um, she has recently started uh, filming, I think, the Hallmark Christmas movie yes! type thing. <laughs> it's just weird to see her in this role after knowing what she's been in otherwise because she doesn't seem like the type that would have been like, you're going to play a porn star. It's like, oh, and you're going to get plowed regularly. Are you cool with that? Yeah, yeah I'm fine. <laughs> Uh, and then we have rounding out the cast, Jenna Ortega playing Lorraine, who's just a good Christian girl gone wild. Um, of course, Jenna Ortega is one of our favorites on this podcast. Uh, Scream 5 and 6, uh, she's made so far, will assume to be in 7. Uh, of course, she's the main star on Wednesday. Uh, she was in the movie Studio 666, uh, and she was in the Babysitter Killer Queen. Uh, an American Carnage. Uh, she was in Jane the Virgin and also the Netflix series You. So she's been in some stuff. And she uh, she's legit like, uh, you know, I know she's getting cast as a Scream Queen now and for good reason because yeah. she's a great actress. Uh, she, she loved horror movies. So she said that she, on the special features, she stated that they're her favorites to play because she said that you can feel more of the emotion in a horror movie than you can in any other you know, type of film. So she likes keep horror, horror films. 
yeah, horror horror films. Uh, also, again, Rut Row. Uh, there's going to be some animal deaths in this movie. Oh yeah, leaving it out there for you, folks. Synopsis: With dreams of fortune and fame, a group of Texas. Uh, Texan strip club workers and some acquaintances travel to an out-of-the-way farm to film their first porno. Little do they know that they have trespassed into a place with a horrible past and even more horrific residents. The strange old couple in the main house may seem harmless, but the skeletons in their closets could fill a damn graveyard. Camera's, camera guy gets cucked, Brittany Snow gets <laughs> fucked, and Pearl just wants to be acknowledged. This is one goddamn fucked-up picture show. Oh, my God. <laughs> Body count, respectable eight. Ooh, nice. We have have RJ decapitated via 23 neck stabs. Wow. Right after he had a big old fucking cry in the shower, and you know you're feeling so good after those cries, you know? Yeah, he was just, he got it all out, a lot of catharsis, uh, still feeling bad because his lady, uh, you know, got with a member of the BBC and uh, was probably stretched out for good after that point, but, you know, it's kind of on him, folks. We'll get into it during the story, but, I mean, he shouldn't have pushed her the way he did. So, uh, Wayne, and also RJ was killed by Pearl. We'll just throw the, throw the killers out here. Oh, yeah. Wayne is stabbed in the eyes with a pitchfork, as we said in the last podcast. That very much mimics uh, how the projectionist died in Pearl. And, of course, yes. Pearl did the killing in this. Uh, the man in the basement is found dead and strung up. We don't know what how he was killed, but uh, and who killed him. But I mean, between Pearl and Howard, it, uh, maybe it's both. I don't know. I couldn't tell if I couldn't tell if he was if it was a man or a woman at first. I swear I saw junk. Um, I need better glasses or better quality TV in my bedroom. Um, but yes, the junk was out on display then. Yes. Okay. Uh. I th- well, I don't know. I was paying attention to it, and I want to say that the junk wasn't there, so that's why I thought that he might have had okay. it cut off. But there's no blood involved, so I don't know. Uh, maybe I just didn't see it, and that's bad for the actor because if you can't see it, then you have a micro pain. Just saying, yeah, it out there. Uh, Jackson, uh, guns go bang, and the soul goes up, up and away. Uh, <laughs> he gets killed by Howard with a shotgun. Uh, Bobby Lynn is eaten by an alligator. That was an accident. (laughs) That was not an accident. Pearl knew exactly that Theta was right behind Bobby Lynn, so that was not an accident. It was... Theta didn't know. (laughs) Theta has been fed people for years. At this point, she's got a taste for human flesh. That is true. Uh, also, this kill was hinted at the beginning of the movie. If you didn't know, when you if you ever go back and watch it, look at the strip club. There is a mural painted on the side of it with a blonde that looks suspiciously like uh, Brittany Snow's character, with an alligator tearing off her thong, you know, bottom on her bikini. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. On the side of the strip club, there is a blonde <gasps> that looks like Brittany Snow. Oh my and god! An alligator is tearing the bottom of her bikini off. Oh my god! Uh, Lorraine has a shotgun to the face. Oof. Uh, that is, that's obviously Howard with a shotgun again. Howard himself dies from a serial killing induced heart attack because Lorraine happens to have just enough breath left to, to say a little something. And he's already gave it to, uh, Pearl good that night and fucked his heart up. And now 
it was just enough to finish him off. So yeah. there you go. She literally finished him. <laughs> and then Pearl has her head run over with a truck by our protagonist, Maxine. Quotes, Wayne. Now, I may not know shit from Shinola when it comes to filmmaking, but I know for damn sure people are going to want to see what I just saw in there. Uh, RJ, well, that's because I'm not treating it like a pornography, but it's cinema. That's what these other adult films are lacking. And Wayne is like, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it. People's eyes are going to pop out of their damn skulls when they see this. We're going to be rich. Feel how car- how hard my cock is. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and then RJ proceeds to actually touch Wayne's cock. I don't know... RJ's got some issues. He's got Jen Ortega's a girlfriend. He's obviously not pleasing her too well. And then he turns around and grabs another dude's junk. I, whatever, man, you live your best life, but just say it. Yeah. That was like, what the hell dude? <laughs> but then again, you think of movies like boogie nights where fucking Dirk Diggler had to jerk off in front of that dude. And he was like, yeah, you can do it, man. He's like cheering him on. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> Uh, Wayne, all right, that's enough jabbering. I reckon it's about high time we cut to the chase and give the people what they want to see. What do you say? And Bobby Lynn's like, fucking finally. Uh, Bobby Lynn, everybody likes sex. It's a gas. We're just not afraid to admit it. Queer, straight, black, white, it's all disco. It's all disco. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, Maxine, I want the whole world to know my name, like Linda Carter or some shit. Wayne's like, hey, everyone with a pulse is going to lust after a piece of Maxine Minx once they see what you can do. You know why? Maxine's like, why? Wayne's because you got the X factor. (laughs) So cheesy. Lorraine, Lorraine, this wasn't what I had in mind when I agreed to help out on your film. RJ, you got to start somewhere, Lorraine. Lorraine, RJ, it's smut. RJ, when did you become such a prude? Lorraine, I'm not. I just don't understand why you're doing all this, RJ, because it's possible to make a good, dirty movie. Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of the start of the end for RJ and Lorraine in this movie. Like, oh, yeah. It, it, it starts some shit. Next scene in particular, Lorraine, I want to do a scene in the movie. And RJ's like, what? Yeah, that was like, funny. I want to be in the movie. Um you could cut that tension with a knife. It is very awkward in that scene. Yeah, they did a good job. Howard on his shotgun. Hell, this ain't even loaded. Pointing it and waving it around is usually enough to scare them straight. Talking about whenever he tries to run people from the county out off of his property for good reason because they don't need to become snooping around seeing all the dead bodies around there. Uh, Howard, how uh, what was that the one? And Pearl was like, you know I don't like blondes. <laughs> Talking <Yeah>. about... <laughs> Brittany Snow's character. Yep. Uh, uh, Maxine, how could you just stand there and let him talk about us like that? Wayne, oh, calm down. Ain't no need to harsh the mellow. It's harmless. He's just old. His pecker ain't probably been hard since before he was born. I'd hate people like us then, too. <laughs> uh, it's funny he says that because I don't think Howard cares, but Pearl does. Like, she does hate seeing people like that because it makes her remember the good times she's way past yeah. so uh maxine i will not accept a life i do not deserve that's i put that in there because that's kind of the point of the movie that's that's the main reason why pearl does what she does and maxine's the way she is yeah uh wayne you're special there ain't nobody else out there like you now giddy up time is money everybody's waiting and maxine uh, as, uh looks into the mirror you're a fucking sex symbol <laughs> oh my god Pearl, not everything in life turns out how you expect. 
that line means a lot more if you've seen Pearl first. Yes. And then you see how she is in this. Um, and I think it's I think it's very good that they filmed the two of them together because I think I don't think that Mia Goth would have gave that as much emphasis if she hadn't already like lived Pearl's life at the same time and kind yeah. of knowing what she was coming from. And uh, of course, Pearl saying there wasn't anything he wouldn't do for me back then. That's the power of beauty. Uh, Pearl, you don't think I know who you really are? I saw what you did in the barn. You're a deviant little whore. We're the same. You'll end up just like me. And Maxine's like, I'm nothing like you. Uh, we'll Maxine, find out. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how she turns out in Maxine. Uh, Maxine, LBR secret, runs over Pearl's head with the truck wheels until she crushes Pearl's head to a pulp, speeds off. Uh, and then Maxine, for the final line she has in the movie, divine intervention, praise the fucking Lord. <laughs> And then the best line in the movie, right at the end, from Sheriff Dentler. Well, by the looks of everything, I'd say we got one goddamn fucked up picture, horror picture, whenever he's talking about what's on the camera. So. Yeah. All right, movie review. Um, visually, I think Ty West knocked it out of the park. He captured Texas Chainsaw, which is what he was going for, clearly, with this movie. Yeah. Like... I mean, it looks like it's from the 70s. I mean, of course, the image quality is better, but, I mean, he nailed the time period for this movie. Oh, big time, yeah. And it had a different Even, color coloring than um, Pearl. It was washed out. It had that, like, like faded 70s type yes. like, look to it or whatever. Uh, I really like the, the the firstest movie is just nothing but a love letter to Texas Chainsaw. like the... Them in the van, uh, they even have the nubbins, uh, you know, knock off, like I said, in the cameraman. They pull up to the gas station like they do in the original. There's even a scene in the original Texas Chainsaw where there's like a shot of a dead armadillo. Uh, in this movie, they have a shot of a, of a cow that's been like exploded. Yeah. Which is where warning Got comes hit from. by the fucking big rig. Yeah, which also symbolizes what's going to happen to Pearl later on in the movie with getting hit by a truck, you know, and exploding. That old cow. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the the actual place looks run down, too. Like, especially oh, yeah. if you watch Pearl first and watch this, there's age to the house that, you know, you can tell time has passed for, for everybody. Uh, one visual I want to talk about. What do you think about like the aged makeup that they added on Mia Goth to make her look like Pearl? Do you think it was good, bad, indifferent? Oh, um, okay, I'm glad you brought that up because I was telling Noah it, it looked good in the film, but they really did make them look like monsters. So what I tried to imagine myself, like monsters but human monsters, um, I tried to tell myself these people have been secluded on a farm they don't take care of themselves. They're not into care. Like, she's got some old fucking makeup she tries to rub on her fucking face. You know, like, oh, yeah. literally old ass from the fucking, still from the 20s, 30s, 40s, and definitely not even the 50s yet. She's got this old makeup, so she, they don't go to the store. They don't monitor, well, they probably do here and there, but they don't have anything modern aside from that TV, which isn't even modern. Well, I guess for that time it is. I take that back. Um, you know, they, they probably don't really brush their teeth very often. They don't apply lotion. They don't do anything to maintain. Like she's not from California. <laughs> just going to throw that out right now. She would have never made it. Uh, anyway, she, she does look like she's from the sticks and like a rural yes. place though. So 
I'm trying to tell myself that this, because I don't know any old people that I've ever seen. Old people age, and yes, they change. Everything changes. But I don't know. I was like, I've never seen anyone that looks horrific like these two. Yeah, Howard's the most yeah. of the two. I mean, like, I could see a little bit of Mia Goth in Pearl. Like, I mean, obviously, her play in it. Yeah. But I, I can see a little bit of her. Uh, the, the weird thing about Pearl, just throwing that out there real quick before we get to Howard and how he looks. Her eyes. There's something about the eyes, like the the actual eyeballs of like an older person, that doesn't match up with the way Pearl looks like in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know why they didn't add contacts because when you age, your your eyes get like lighter from sun fading, and yeah. there's a little bit of like cataracts going on in a lot of cases. And so like older eyes look different, and and, and like that threw me off in the movie because she's got young eyes, but like her body is aged. Yeah. Um, I think they should have thrown some cataract or not cataract contacts on her eyes to kind of, you know, done a little something that way because it was a jarring effect. It looked weird. Like, I think that added to the monstrous effect more as much as the just the other aging stuff they did to her. Yeah, I, I agree. So, yeah, the, well, the makeup looked good and I don't think they made them look not human. I am like, what? I guess they had to have that effect to make it a horror film, you know? But Howard, straight up, I mean, he he looks like you said. Make, I mean, talking about like the Lord of the Rings of it all, he looks like I mean uh, some other uh, monster. I mean, the way that they got him made up. Oh yeah. Times, it's not as bad for him, but like it's it's weird because I know it's a different actor too. But taking the guy that they introduced as Howard in the first at the at the end of Pearl, and then showing this guy. I don't see one growing into the other. I just don't. Like, I don't see that guy turning into the Howard we get in the movie. I know some people based upon, and it could be where he served in that other, you know, World War II. Maybe he came back and he had, you know, he had some damage from the, you know, the war or something to his face. I don't know. But that's not what they really hint at it. They, they're trying to hint that it's just age that's, you know, hit him that bad. And I don't know. He, he, looks, he looks pretty out there for just an old person. Like, yeah. I mean... Um, I'm trying to think other, the, the alligator looks good as far as visuals go. I didn't really get like a scent. I don't know if that was, I, I didn't see it in any of the stuff. It was, was a puppet. If it was actual alligator, yeah. I doubt it was, uh, it, it looks good though. Like, I mean, it, it, the way they filmed it, it, I mean, especially on the budget they have, it, it didn't look too bad. Hold on. I'm looking it up right now. And Google says, we had three different alligators. This is Ty West saying. We had half an alligator from the middle of the head, a puppeteered, mostly foam-type thing. Then we had a fiberglass one that was the bottom half of the alligator. Its head, wait, its back half that could be on two pulleys and be towed. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, that explains, so they did use practical. So that, that explains it because if they'd use CGI on their budget, it would look awful. Yeah, and that makes me sad. It makes me t it tells me that theater wasn't real. It's movie magic. Come on now, you got to appreciate it. It's so sad. Uh, something else that has to be appreciated when they're filming the Farmer's Daughters uh, movie that they're making, the porn movie within a movie. Yeah, that looks like a a porn movie. I mean, yes. the way the way that they filtered it to make it have that washed out, like you know. Uh, not sepia tone, but that orange color that seventies movies yeah. for some reason got, you know, back in the day. It looked it looks specific to that time. It looked good. Yes. 
Oh my god, it was so on point too. And that goes to the actors in the movie too. I mean, we can we've already said our piece about Pearl and Howard and how their makeup. Yeah. But as far as the other actors and actresses, I've outside of Jenna Ortega, every one of them people looked like they could have been from that time period. Absolutely, like. especially um, Maxine with the blue eyeshadow. Oh yeah, the way the, and her lack of eyebrows actually helped for some yeah. reason in that scene. It sold the the seventies look, you know. Yeah, uh, I mean the girl's five ten, one hundred fucking twenty something pounds, dude. Like, <laughs> Jesus. The Christ. only one, and and Kid Cudi. I mean, he fit the role of like. I mean, I I believed him in that role of being like from you know Vietnam, like you know a Vietnam vet that just came back. Oh yeah, it, he didn't have that like he didn't have that super clean look like you would get from like a lot of people now. Yeah. That's the problem with, uh, Jenna Ortega. She looks a little too now ish in her appearance. Like I, I'm not saying somebody like that couldn't look like she did back in the day, but she, we've already talked about it. A lot of people back in the day, people aged quicker because of like smoking and some other stuff. She looks more like, somebody from our time like or or at least 90s i think they tried to make her look like she was from not any time like they tried to make it confusing because they didn't make her look like she was from the 70s until they had her do her scene and then that's when they put her hair back a little bit and you know obviously she's just in a mismatch bras and underwear but you know and i'm gonna throw this out there since you just mentioned it it corresponds to it this is another instance where Jenna Ortega, I, I don't I, I don't know what to think as a guy. I really don't. Like, she looks like a kid through most yeah. of this movie. And you it's like, okay, she's a kid. And then she gets in that scene, and they've dolled her up, and you're like, okay, I'm, I, she's fucking hot right now. Like, I don't know how to... I don't know how my mind should yeah. look at that. I, I'm like, are you baiting me with her? Like, what is this shit? Like, I don't think my husband knew what to think because he's like, how old is she? Like, it's like, <laughs> she's legal. Don't worry about it. I was like, and she's legal in the film, too. They're not trying to make her seem like a little girl getting into anything bad. I will say this about her and Mia Goth. I told Noah, I was like, those girls stand up straight. They're flat as a pancake in their ass. This movie made them look like they had round butts. <laughs> and I was like, and I didn't even know that Mia, if Mia Goth was real or not. He thinks that, you know, well, obviously the perception of the underwear, because women do buy that cut to make it look, it's called cheeky. It's made, made to make them look like they have butt cheeks. And of course yeah. you can position yourself. I know this because I've had to position Kayla to make it look like she has a butt in a lot of photos. So <laughs> shout out to my girl. <laughs> and she will be the first to tell you, I know how to make a butt look good, big in photos. So I was watching and I was like, well, I could definitely see Jenna Ortega doing the, the, the definite, the back arch and the push out. So I know what she's doing to make hers look big. And she's not as flat as Mia Goth, but Mia Goth, I am not convinced that that was her ass in the scene. (laughs) I don't, I don't, yeah, you're, I mean, she, I'm trying to remember what she looked like in, in, in infinity pool and, like she's got some decent knockers for her size, but yeah. like as far as the butt, like I agree with you. I don't think it stands out as much. So, yeah, there's probably some you know a little bit of movie uh, magic going on there. A Definitely, bit. yeah. That or you know she was doing the push out. She was mostly covered too. But I was like, mm, I don't. Oh, that's not her butt, you know. Uh, the guy who plays Wayne looks like he's from the '70s though. Oh, I big did a time! Good job with him. I mean, I'll, real good with him. 
Uh, and like we said, the guy who played RJ, he looks like a stand-in for Nubbins, which is from the 70s. So, I mean, that was that was pretty good. He may be a little bit cleaner in the face than what you would imagine somebody from back then, but not. But he's not too far off. Yeah. Um, uh, as far as the story goes, I... I know it's just a throwback. I mean, and there, and it, it's got a lot of, you know, Texas Chainsaw vibes to it. But I feel like there's a little bit more going on to it than even that. It's got, I, and I don't even know what other movies. I know it, it makes references to other movies. Obviously, there's a reference to The Shining whenever uh, Lorraine is trying to break out of the basement that she's blocked into and busts through the door. There's a reference to Psycho again with the car in the water. Uh, there's a reference to eating alive, you know, where the alligator is like, you know, used to like dispose of the bodies. Yeah. Um, but like there, the house stuff with Pearl and Howard that room, I don't know. I don't know what that reminds me of. It's more like along the lines of something like, uh, the people under the stairs or something like it's got more of a vibe like that than it does like a straight up, like takes a chainsaw knockoff. Like what, what do you think about like all that stuff? Uh, Texas Chainsaw Knockoff? Yeah. And, I mean, I feel... You know, we're talking about the house, right? The main house. Yes. 100% Texas Chainsaw. The only thing it didn't have, instead, in lieu of the the dead animals or the whatever that were all over the place, they have the dolls all over the place. Well, they did, but, like, I don't know. I, I get more of the Texas Chainsaw vibes from the little bunkhouse that they're mm. staying in, like everybody else is staying in. Versus, like, uh, I mean, the main house, it's it, it could be reminiscent of it, but it doesn't. Ha- it, it, it's like the least of the the movie for uh, me, yeah. Chainsaw wise. Yeah, it is. I I agree with that. I mean, the farm definitely looked Texas Chainsaw, and I, they don't. I don't feel like they show enough of the inside of the house in X to be able to like to see how it aged. They only showed it in Pearl, where it's still at its better if you will yeah the all they really show is like the little there's a scene of the like the like you said of the the t the television with the the preacher on it which we get that little story real at the end of it that hit that actually maxine is the preacher the evangelist like daughter who's either ran off or was kidnapped or something we don't really know yeah um but um outside of that that rundown tv like the stove still kind of looks the same, but it has aged from like Pearl because yeah. it's the same one that Ruth was cooking on whenever she, you know, got hit with the hot corn water. Yeah. Uh, and then like there's the and there's the photos that like Pearl's like showing to uh, Mia Goth, oh, whatever yeah. she's like, you know, in there and how she used to dance and all that, which was where we get that part of her like background that's not in Pearl yeah. necessarily, but in X. Um, and again, we don't know if this Pearl telling the truth or not because Pearl's obviously fucking delusional and psychotic. So, yeah, um, I don't know. It it still gave me creepy vibes. Almost too. It probably could have given off of Psycho House vibes. It gives me more of that vibe than it yeah. does TCM. Like it really does. Uh, and I, I don't. I mean, the story's not like you know world. You know shaking or anything like that it's not like this big revelation i just feel like it, it is what like most people have said it's it's a love letter to those old slasher films from like the late 70s early 80s and i feel like he nailed the feel of those movies like perfectly in this yes um acting 
I don't really dislike anybody in the movie as far as the acting goes. I actually like the guy who plays Howard quite a bit because yeah. there's a couple of scenes. I mean, that's like a throw. I mean, that could be a throwaway character, but the way that he interacts with the different people, especially with uh, Jackson uh, in that one scene uh, right before he shoots him, and he's like, you know, he's got that anger in his face. He's like, you know, uh, was it a Marine? Uh, you never stop being a Marine or whatever he yeah. says in that line, like the anger in his face and just like the look of him. And then like the scene where he's sitting there with Pearl on the bed, which ends up being the creepiest like sex scene you can watch oh, God. in movie history. But like when he's telling Pearl that he loves her, like I, I really bought that. Like the yeah. guy sold it. Like, I mean, even through all that makeup, as horrible as he looked, you know, you know, the, the, the Pearl and Howard were giving to me um, nothing but trouble vibes. Yes, I could get that. They, they, and they even have that makeup effect yes. that Dan Aykroyd had. Yes. Where he doesn't look like a real person, yeah. you know, in that scene. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and yeah, it was so funny because, like, it is that scene where they're on the bed and Howard's talking to her. It feels like uh, you, you feel for them as a couple. You almost have empathy for them. In that moment, you do. And, yeah. and I, there's a couple more times where I had empathy for Howard, too, because the actor was doing a really good job of conveying just, like, how broken his body is at this point from doing all. Because yeah. just like we talked about, and I'm, I'm sure Noah would confirm this, uh, from Pearl. Pearl wasn't doing any of the work around the, the homestead. Oh, no. Uh, when Howard came back, it was all him. So him outside and he's all creaky like every time that he moves he's holding his back in a certain way that actor knocked it out of the park like as far as conveying that his body is just wore down pearl is a years. sex kitten and she need not be anything else you know <laughs> she moves in a weird way mia goth does i know she's like very restricted in like all the makeup they gave her yeah uh, she, she's got a creepy vibe uh, like movement to her like it's almost like some kind of ghost or something yes. she moves around um it's it's not it, it doesn't strike you as natural because she she kind of scoots a little bit kind of you know scuffling her feet a little bit when she moves which is what an old woman might do but it's a but uh, there's a little bit of this weird like floatiness about her that's kind of yeah weird. It's, it's creepy and i mean she was fucking fast with that knife oh yeah just out of nowhere yeah just, like ganked rj with it um Oh, yeah, and that scene, going back visually, I love that whenever they do stuff like this in movies, but, like, she stabbed him enough that the blood arced onto the headlights from the truck. Oh, and then yeah. And just made her in that, like, red light, you know, while she's sitting there on top of him. That was pretty good. Um, But, yeah, I don't, I can't think of anybody in the movie that I really thought, I, I was I was really surprised, like I said, at Brittany Snow. I mean, like, I even took my wife by surprise because she loves the Pitch Perfect trilogy. Oh, my and, God. Like, see it, and seeing Brittany, or Brittany Snow, like, doing Bobby Lynn, you know, the way that she did in this movie, like, it, she went for it. Like, I'll give her that much. Like, she's that character. Like, I mean, she didn't. You know, like a lot of actresses would be like, oh, I'm not going to show anything. Like, she she showed the goods. Like, she didn't care. Like, yeah. she went with it. Uh, music in this movie, I feel like, is appropriate. There's a lot of, like, pop songs from that time period that really fit. Uh, so, I feel like they did a good job of picking the songs to, to go along with it, to get that 70s feel to the movie. Um, the only thing that I will say that's a little off about anything that I could really that i really saw was that the tv the image of the preacher on the tv seemed a little too smooth a little too oh well yeah done. 
because that type of TV would have been like, you know, it would have had the, it would have been one of those shitty ones that had like a fuzzy image. Like, I mean, even at best. So I don't believe that preacher would have been in 4K quality. Yeah. On old, old TV like that. I, I have to agree with you on that. There was no, they didn't even like have like any bad, I didn't feel like there was any bad signal interference, you know, or fuzziness, anything like that. Yeah, if nothing else, and I know this, I mean, uh, this is because I'm one of the olds now. Um, but, like, if you remember back in the day whenever you would film a CRTB with a camera, and you can see this in older films, it would all, you could see the scan lines rolling on the TV screen, you know? Yeah. Like, you would, they should have added that effect, if nothing else. It would have made, because I, I, that's what threw it off for me watching it. I'm like, I didn't really know. If they're there, they're so well done that I didn't notice them because, like, I was looking for the scan lines to keep rolling up the screen, and, like, I never saw it. So I'm just like, mm, that's a little that's a little different than what it should be. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to say about the movie right now before we get into trivia? Visual story. Okay, so I know we talked about it a little bit. or di- Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. The music, so fucking on point. Oh, yeah, like, I, I love their choices in this movie. Like, I, they probably didn't have a ton of money to, to license a lot, but what they licensed Yeah, it was, it was it was perfect. Um, I feel like the movie was the standout. Acting, um, I would say that probably the strongest actor or actress in this film was uh, Brittany Snow's character. That's true. Um, yeah. She is kind of supposed to be the standout, even though there's a final girl. And the final girl doesn't always have to be the standout character. She's just the one that survives, ultimately, and how she survives, etc. Um, but I'll get into that when we compare the two films for the end, why I feel that way. But And the weakest, I would say, would be Howard. But then he really does convey his emotions in certain scenes. And I know we already kind of briefly discussed that, but... Well, given Brittany Snow, her props, going back on what you're saying, that scene where she's legitimately concerned for Pearl standing next to the water, she's doing a damn good job of that oh, yes. scene. Like, you know, because, I mean, she's playing the character who is just, you know, you could throw away as just a prostitute, basically. But she's like, she's treating her like, oh, you're my grandma. I'm looking out for you. And then whenever Pearl, like, starts to throw back and call her a whore and all that, she's like, well, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. You know? And it, and it fits, you know, like it's it's perfect for the character. Yeah, um, which okay. Go, so now we need to go back to Theta real quick, uh, who's number one. But um, so at this point, I'm assuming that Pearl has called Theta over, and that's how she knows she's going to capture Brittany Snow's character. Is that what you're getting? Yeah. Yeah, because she was standing there for a reason. Like, yeah. I mean, she was either she was either there to just, you know, basically hang out with her pet, which could have been what was happening, or she was waiting for one of them to run up on her. Yeah. And then you, because that's the one thing, that's the benefit that Pearl has this age. Like, her and Howard, in theory, should make terrible serial killers. Oh, yeah. But they have that, they have that thing, if, if you can get past how horrific they look. They have that thing that old people have, which is the disarming yes. thing, you know, because you just, you assume that their old people are okay, you know, like, or that the, that you have that empathy for them. Like, you know, it's respect your elders. It's, uh, you, you know, you see somebody reminds you of your grandma, grandpa, that sort of thing. I know I've heard like females say this, like the stuff that old men can say 
like younger men weren't able to get by with just because it's like it's it's almost cute from an old man to hear you know like him kind of hitting on a younger woman oh you know God. knowing that there's knowing that he can't really do anything about it you know whereas like a younger man saying the same thing there's like almost a danger involved in him saying that so yeah it hits different and i have know? to agree with you on that because for some reason your girl hair has been getting hit on by the geriatrics Okay, old, old. Unfortunately, they don't appear to be super, super rich, so I have not entertained. No, I'm just kidding. Um, No, seriously, though, I I keep getting hit on by super, super, super old guys, and it's adorable, but let me tell you what. If they were younger, it would not be adorable. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's like... You're like, aw, that's cute, Grandpa Jones. It doesn't work that way for guys necessarily. No. Now, if a if a woman like an older woman's not treating you like you're her grandson, then even if you're like only like I, I want to say fifteen years removed from her in age, you're just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like you get you get a little bit of that. You're just like, no, 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 thank you, ma'am. Unless you're into that. <laughs> um, okay, so Theta again. Now, what do you think the meaning is behind Theta not attacking Maxine? When Maxine is skinny dipping. She's getting ready to attack Maxine. That's the thing. Oh, Maxine yeah. Gets, she swims Maxine up. Maxine gets lucky and just happens to hop out of the pool, or I mean the, the swamp, lake, whatever, or pond, right at the same time that Theta's getting ready to make her attack. So. Okay. That that did almost happen, but Maxine didn't apply herself. Or Theta, Theta didn't apply herself. She was swimming pretty slow. She was swimming slow. I mean, I... I don't know. You could maybe make the argument that she saw, or she thought, or it was reminded of her, you know, her owner, her friend Pearl yeah. or whatever. Cause I don't know if you could truly own a gator, but like, you know, uh, but like I, there, there was, but I, but I guess she does treat Pearl that way too. Like Theta doesn't, I mean, Theta's always like, I'm going to get you bitch, but you're cool right now. So I'll, I'll let you slide. You yeah. Know, Cause I know you'll bring me more food. I was wondering if, because if it was because at first Pearl was swimming so calmly, like she was literally just doing it the dead man's float. You mean Maxine? Maxine. Sorry. Yeah. I, they're the same person. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I, maybe, and I don't know if. And then when she like, started swimming away, obviously it attracted Theta. Yeah, I mean, it could be, and there might be some kind of hidden meaning there. I don't really know. I didn't think about it. Like, I just know that he like drove the tension out in that scene. Yeah, like, it just it just keeps getting closer and closer, and like, there's not one time that that Maxine ever looks back over her shoulder. To, yeah, to see what, what, she doesn't know what's going that, on. And that's kind of funny because that does represent something in the movie, like Maxine is so absorbed with herself that she doesn't see the danger until it's right on top of her. Yeah, and you know what's funny is that now that we know that Theta is literally three pieces of an alligator, you know, uh, well, not a real alligator, but um, a puppet, if you will, I was thinking I wouldn't want to swim in that water knowing that an alligator has been swimming around. Like, what if there's – I know if there was a real alligator, it would be a trained alligator to a degree – if you will, and obviously they're not going to let it loose when the actors are in the water, but that would still fucking creep me out. I don't think I'd be able to do it, but now I know, okay, well, this is not a real, you know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you'd have to really, you'd have to be very trusting of, like, the the animal handlers at that point to make sure that, you you know, if you're going to just sit there and peacefully just relax in the Because it's dark water. I know it looks better when they do... um, when they do X, like you were mentioning, but like still, like it looks like creepy fucking murky water. Yeah, and you you can't you can't tell what's in that water. Yeah, you know, at all. 
what about the scene where Pearl is uh, laying next to uh, Maxine and basically just licking on her? That's fucking disgusting. <laughs> because I think that um, Mia Goth did a really good go- cannot word right now. Mia Goth did a really good job of portraying how disgusted she was by Theta touching the side of her. Like just the side of her skin, even though she had that shit all out on display, which is pretty bold for that time, you know? Yeah. Um, especially in front of elderly people. Like, you know, I was like, well, that's fucking disrespectful. But clearly, uh, Pearl liked it and was digging it. And literally touched her, and she was like, "Oh no, 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 no!" Like she was grossed out by it. Shit. So, yeah, and I don't know if she's grossed out. I mean, I got it from like two different angles that she was an old. Obviously, she was grossed out by that, but also by the fact that, um, well, you could probably read into it and say she was grossed out because she saw in Pearl, you know, the the failure that could be her if she does, goes a yeah. certain way. But I think she was also grossed out because I, I don't get the sense, the sense at least in this movie, from Maxine that she's in the women. Oh, yeah. Uh, Pearl clearly is. Pearl's a freak in the sheets. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Pearl likes all types, but she's not too fond of blondes. Pearl but, be getting down is what happens. But, that, but I didn't realize this till just, I just now said it, like, literally. Pearl doesn't like blondes. Yep. You know, like going yes. back to the first movie, she has a reason why she hates them. Correct. Because they, they stole her future from her. That's you know, why I don't she doesn't like, like them. Yep. And there's literally <laughs> only one blonde that did. She, Pearl's wild. <laughs> she can't be tamed. Uh, they, I think they did a pretty good uh, job, though, in the, those scenes of just making how creepy she was just laying around and, and all that. And there is humor in the movie, especially at the end where Pearl goes to shoot the shotgun and literally blast her ass like, Oh my God. Yeah. Into, into the road or what, or actually probably six feet. That's legit. Like, I don't know why they don't do this in more horror movies. We've talked about this before. Scream is the biggest fucking like joke when it comes to this. They'll have somebody who's like a buck 10 if they're that much in weight, a uh, little skinny thing, like handling like a high powered weapon and they go to shoot it and they're just fine. It's like, no, their recoil will take your ass flying if you're, you know, not prepared for it. So it will. Um, and I agree with you on that. And she is a tiny, tiny woman, but <laughs> I would like to present exhibit a, how did this tiny woman fucking, Plow a pitchfork into a guy. Adrenaline. Okay, we'll just go with that. But, okay, as many times as she did. And she plowed it through, like, a barn? A side of a barn? I know there was holes already there, but there's no way. The amount of energy, the withdrawal she pulled back on to exert with enough force and perfectly get that pitchfork in those holes to be able to stab, what's his name, Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey in the face. <laughs> Uh, Matthew McCon. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I so, could see that. If she could do I that. Will... And this bitch has been living on a farm forever, not to get very Noah-y with this, but she lived on a farm her entire life. And you're telling me this woman doesn't know how to blast a shotgun. Oh, she knew how to blast a shotgun. She, I just don't think she was prepared for the amount of recoil that was getting ready to, Apparently, to, you know, I mean, getting ready to take her out. Maybe it'd been a while since she'd last shot it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it had to have been because she also, I mean, if you look at how she was holding it and everything, look at shotguns forever give me bruises where they hit yeah, me. Yeah, you, you, even if you have them perfectly seated right there in mm-hmm. the shoulder, they're going to, yeah. bu- I mean, kick pretty bad. I, 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 I get bruised the fuck up, so I get it. I'm just like, I feel like she would have, she has so much experience in other things. Eh, okay. 
The pitchfork, I'll, I'll say this. I think they did a decent job because she doesn't really put a lot of force into the pitchfork in the sense yeah, of, that's like, true. when she goes to step or when she does that quick little, like, jab to make sure he's good and dead, like, whenever she actually comes into the barn completely, mm-hmm. it's, like, the most, like, lame, like, barely, like, poking into somebody. Yeah. like, And you can tell that's because she's weak as shit and she can't really do it or whatever, so. Yeah, but she just went fucking ham on, what's his name, RJ? Yeah, but a knife is a little bit easier, and she already like you know she already got him good in the. Oh, jugular, that's like, true. She had a time. knife. I thought she had a pitchfork. No, uh, she had a knife on him. It okay. was like easier to for to control, you know. Okay, that that makes sense. I feel like the knife is how she takes out most people, anyways, because it was so quick. Yeah, it's almost like she practiced that. You oh know? yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, and and we've already discussed all that stuff. So uh, anything else? Nope. Um, I think let's move into trivia. All right. The day after X, uh, X's South by Southwest premiere, writer-director Ty West revealed that during a mandatory two-week COVID-19 quarantine in his New Zealand hotel, before production could be in on this film, he wrote a prequel. Uh, A24 saw the script and greenlit the movie even before production of X had wrapped. He asked nice. star Mia Goth if she wished to remain in New Zealand and film Pearl, and she readily accepted the prequel released later in that same year. It's insane that these movies came out like in the, I mean, like they bookended the year basically, yeah. but like, I don't know of any other movies that's really done that. Like outside of the ones that, I mean, well, even with like, I'm trying to think of like the Lord of the, Lord of the Rings, they at least were a year apart. They wasn't within the same year that they released those movies. 2022 was the year that movies not only really came back, but started doing pretty fucking well because it had been so long. Like even movies we're not liking right now are doing pretty decent because it's been so long since we've been able to get in the theaters. Yeah, and we're getting ready to go back to another drought because of the writers' strike. However you feel, yes. and the actors' strike. However you feel about that, we're we are going. We're going into it's going to be twenty twenty five before they come back again. If uh, if they come to any kind of you know consensus before the end of the year, fathom you're going to have to keep pumping out those fucking events because <laughs> Coraline had to have been a fucking nice ego boost for fucking theaters. Yeah, I. They're right. I mean, I think that's the reason, honestly, that Barbie and uh, and Oppenheimer have done so well is they have literally no competition. Oh right yeah, yeah, now. yeah. I'm I'm agreeing with you for sure on that. I'm also thinking that for X too. Regardless of people love this film or did not, this is a movie that had appeal to go see in the theater for sure. It was a new movie. That's all it had to have was for you to go see it, and it and it did really well. And it had good word of mouth because there was a lot of people that was like, have you seen X? It's like, if you like Texas Chainsaw and those sort of movies, go watch this. I, yeah. mean, I remember seeing it on, you know, like Facebook groups and stuff that way. Uh, Pearl, a little bit different story. And we'll get into that when we discuss the, our overall thoughts on it. But yes. like, yeah, but X definitely had the X factor. as it Oh, were. yeah. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the, t- <laughs> the title of the film refers to the X rating used by the MPAA from 1968 to 1990, which indicated that a film was uh, only suitable for an audience age 16 or older. The wow. idea behind the rating was that, like unlike other certificates, X would not be trademarked and would allow the uh, filmmakers to release the film in their theaters without needing to submit it to the MPAA for age certification. Uh, notable, notable films that were originally released with an X rating include A Clockwork Orange, Fritz the Cat, Last Tango in Paris, Midnight Cowboy, 
and Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song from 1971. Wow. In the 70s, the porn industry would end up exploiting the X rating's lack of trademark by releasing pornos in theaters with the same rating. Eventually, X became more associated with porn, and more and more theaters started refusing to show films with an X rating, forcing non-pornographic films to be censored to receive an R rating. In uh, 1990, the MPAA discontinued the X rating and replaced it with NC-17, <laughs> unlike that. Unlike X, NC-17 was trademarked and could not be self-applied, uh, but it still meant that most theaters would not show films with the rating, resulting in censorship once again. Wow. I think I, the MPAA, I know it serves a purpose. Uh, there are times whenever it, it's very inconsistent, like we've said for you know many episodes of this podcast. Like, I mean, whenever they forced an R rating on uh, Peter Jackson for the Frighteners because he had bullet holes in a door frame <laughs> or in a door, that's fucking stupid. I'm yes. sorry. You know, um, and America has a weird relationship with sex in movies anyways. Like, yes. we, we don't, we hate seeing sex in movies, especially if anything's being shown, but go and blow the fuck up out of a bunch oh, of people yeah. and you're, you're good to go. Like, we, we do not care about that. One hundo. Uh, there's an adult film called The Farmer's Daughters from 1976, which is infamous because it starred future acclaimed mainstream writer and actor Spalding Gray. So there you go. Which, okay, going to this, this, you know, film within a film, The Farmer's Daughter, is definitely what porn was all about. And porn was about, like, you know, basically blowing people's minds. It wasn't about so much good acting, a good storyline, anything like that. It was for, oh my God, it was the shock factor. And the definite shock factor of this one was not just a pornographic film, because that shit was coming out. It was the fact that there was a black man and a white woman. Two white women. Two, well, yeah, well, three. Well, excuse three me, there's a Latina. Well, well, but she, I think for the purpose of the movies, she's probably considered a white woman. Yeah. I don't, they don't really specify, so. Yeah, uh, she's not considered uh, colored. Uh, speaking of that, something we didn't mention during the acting, these actors knocked it out of the park because, you know how hard it is to act in a, like you're a bad actor within a movie? Oh, like yeah. And they, they were doing a great job in that porno film. Like, yes. they were terrible, but that, but that shows how good they are because, I mean, it's 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 rough if you're actually trying to do a good job acting to be a terrible actor like they were in the the Farmer's Daughters. Yeah, you know? and not only that, Brittany Snow when she realizes the camera's panning on her and immediately goes into the oh oh oh, <laughs> she's like oh shit you're filming me uh yeah. <laughs> Uh, and and the, and I love the the musical choices they chose for the farmer's daughters. Oh my when it was god! Because it, it was definitely the bow chicka wow wow stuff. So you know? fucking funny. Uh, one more scene, real quick. Brittany Snow fucking wiping the cum off of her ass and then fucking oh, throwing yes. it at Jenna. She throws it and she's just like, "What the fuck?" And it's yeah. just like, "Oh, sorry, I'm sweetie. sorry." Yeah, yeah. Rose. <laughs> I love that scene at the beginning of it too, where she's like, "You know, I smoke Winston's," and he, or you know, and he's like, "That that's all they had. Take it or leave it." You know, when she's talking about her preferred cigarettes. Oh my or god! Whatever. Yeah, I was like, "That's perfect for the time period." Like, I don't know who thought that up, but like, that's that's great. Uh, this is disappointing. In the special features, they have the farmer's daughters like all cut together, so it's like you know the film that they were making. Yeah, um, they cut out all of the sex scenes. 
And the only thing I can think of is that whenever they put them together, like, it, and this doesn't make any sense to me. Like it's on the special features, but it was, it would be a, like almost legit porn if they left the sex scene. Yeah. So they cut them out and they just focus on all the stuff leading up to the sex. That's hella funny. Um, and let's see, I was going to say one more thing. Oh yeah. Uh, where, uh, RJ's about to get cucked and he's sitting there trying to fight with Lorraine in the movie. First of all, Wayne was, I love that line that Wayne had to him. He's like, I, you know, and I guess cause I'm at the same age as Wayne's supposed to be in this movie, but he's like, he's like, let me tell you. So he's like, I've, you've not been 42, but I've been 23. Yeah. Let me give you some advice. He's like, the more you push this girl, the more, she, or, you know, she's going or the more you tell her, no, the more she's going to want to do it. So I was like, this guy's fucking wise as hell. Like, yeah. I mean, like that, that's, that's legit. He's also um, trying to sell him to allow her to be in the film though. At the well, same time. I realize that, but at yeah. the same time, he's telling him straight up. Yeah. Like, he is, you know, there's a what now what he doesn't tell him is there's a way that you can steer away from this, but not also not look like you're forcing her away from this. That's what Wayne leaves out. That's why he's smooth in that scene because he's ba- he's sitting there telling him legit that if you try to force Lorraine, you tell her that she can't, they'll force her into it. But there's a way that, that RJ can go to her and talk to her and not seem like he's denying her the right to do it. Yeah. Just saying how it would make him feel that would steer her away from that. And Wayne does that. He leaves that out. Cause he is trying to sell that, you know, in that, that moment in time. Yeah. Which is, I mean, you're right about the whole, you've not been, you know, you've not been 42, but I've been 23. That fucking, yeah. I was listening. I was like, fuck, is that a fucking thing to say? Like, look, you beautiful bitch. I'm going to fuck you up with some truth. Um, also, since we're right on this sex that scene, guy, that guy plays art, that plays Wayne is charismatic as hell. Like, yeah, I'm just gonna give him that. He really is. Like, oh my god. <laughs> but um, what was I gonna say uh, in terms of this scene? Kind of creepy. But Jenna Ortega told Kid Cudi, "Oh my god, I have been a fan of yours since I was a little girl." Oh God. And granted, they didn't have a real sex scene. Like, she never took anything off. So, you know, they kept it way more PG with her than they did with the other actresses who are full-blown ass naked, you know? (laughs) she Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's got to be creepy. I would not want to... If I were an older woman doing a sex scene with a guy, I wouldn't want him to be like, oh, my God, I have fantasized about you since I was eight years old. Well, it's like we talked about when we covered Sleepy Hollow. It's like Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci. Yeah. He literally was her babysitter at one point. It's like, you know how creepy that was? They had yeah. to have love scenes together. And we, as we talked about in that movie, that affected the scenes because you could tell yeah. he wasn't into it at all. Like, yeah. He just wasn't. He was definitely um, creeped out, but there's some, there's definitely a respect factor to that because not a lot of fucking movie fucking actors would fucking feel that way. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it would be especially. the opposite. I've been fantasizing about you since you were eight years old. Ugh. Yeah, you know? Ugh. The one other thing I was going to say about the scene with uh, Jenna Ortega, where she's like trying, where she's fighting with RJ. Yeah. Um, is that she, she's like, he tells her, he tries to steer her away by saying this. He's like, well, we don't, we don't have a scene written for that. And she's like, who the fuck cares? It's porno. It's, you know, yeah. It doesn't, you know, and he's trying to, He's trying to make it out like he's this big auteur or something. Mm-hmm. Like it's like 
the writing is integral to this plot or it won't make it. It's like, nobody gives two shits. Like, I mean, you know, these movies had the worst plots. It's literally just like they have in the movie. Guy shows up, a uh, woman gets a little hot for him. They bang. Like, there's no real, you know, rhyme or reason behind any of it, you know? Yeah. Uh, oh, and porn being a little extra. Mia Goth. Oh, well, my sister's jealous of me because I'm younger. <laughs> her, I've got to give her credit. She in that scene does show why Maxine is more suited toward like a porn like stardom than Britney Snow's character. Even though I think Britney Snow's a better porn actress. Yeah. Uh, it's because she puts. I mean, she really gets into it. That line in particular where she looks at him, she's like, daddy ain't around, but I can give you a ride. The way she says it and the double entendre, I'm like, okay, now I get where Wayne's talking about with her. Yeah, but at this point, Mia Goth is a classically trained porn actress. She is a (laughs) porn actress. She has been in so many fucking porn films without calling it porn. It's just art. No, ma'am, you are a porn actress, and you've done a few (laughs) other films on the side. It's softcore porn, but yes, it's, yeah. it's it is of of a flavor, as it were. So yeah, <laughs> they just don't get the angles. That's the only difference. But there has been a film where she filmed where she was actually having sex in it. Jeez, but yeah, like uh, that scene, uh, she had there was something about the way she delivered the lines that yeah made it seem like she was way more into doing it than like Britney Snow's character. Oh was. yeah, for sure. Uh, the name of the gas station in Minimart at the beginning of the film is a direct reference to Ty West's movie, The Innkeepers, from 2011, which was set at the Yankee Peddler Inn. Uh, I believe we covered that during Ghost Season, yeah. or at least I think I mentioned it. Slow burn, just like a lot of his earlier stuff. Which, by the way, speaking of that, I know you don't like slow burns, and I know that Ty West, his early stuff was, especially House of the Devil, and The Innkeepers kind of was too. I don't know, but these are not slow burns, either one of these. These are, like, more evenly paced, I feel like. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I beg to differ with you. We'll get to that at the very end. Although, X was not a slow burn by any means. Okay, okay. I could see Pearl because it builds up for a little bit, but it it gets to the action way quicker than some of his other stuff. Well, definitely. (laughs) At least the action wasn't the last fucking 25 minutes of the film. I'll never fucking forget that, Ty West. Wasted my (laughs) life. In an interview, Brittany Snow talked about filming the nude scenes. I think there was a lot of confidence in terms of our characters, and a part of the nudity came from that confidence that our characters exuded. It almost felt necessary because not only were we filming a porn, but our characters would have been so comfortable with that, Snow said of the, of the film. Uh, she said it was an exercise in me feeling confident about my body. I was pretty proud of myself. I, 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 I want to give her a standing ovation for that because, I mean, it takes a lot for somebody to be to, I mean, she clearly is humble in the sense that she's saying she wasn't, mm-hmm. but she, but she had to get to a point where she was confident enough in her own body, which is hard to get to for a lot of people to be able to show herself like that on screen. There's an addition to that. Um, I think Jenna Ortega said it in an interview and she said, Part of them being comfortable in their bodies. Now, granted, Jenna Ortega never got fully naked, and that's fine. She doesn't have to. Um, But she said part of it was the guys were able to wear, like, those little safety covers. Yeah. And they said, no. If the girls don't get to wear those, you don't get to wear those. And they made the guys walk around the guys that were, you know, well, Kid Cudi, I should say. Uh, They made them get ass naked. 
because they're like, we don't get no you. We don't get to we we don't have to get to walk around, you know, showing fucking our clitori. Well, you fucking walk around covering up your dong, you know, and they made uh, him be comfortable. Kid shows his cutty if that's really what it was, not a prosthetic. And that scene with Howard when Howard comes to the door, and uh, I mean, he is a member of the BBC's. All I can <laughs> say, I mean, that scene it looks like a damn BBC. baseball bat flopping around down there. I, you know what? That's so funny. I didn't even notice, and that's something I probably should have noticed. I don't know why I wasn't looking. It was like, wait, wait, wait. It's 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 a dark scene. That's all I can say. But like, oh, there is a movement when he Howard to came move. to the door. Yeah, when Howard comes and he's like, you know, at night and he's like, uh, I, and, and, and he's like, what are you doing, old man? And he's like, I'm looking for Pearl. She's disappeared on me. You know, like that yeah. scene, like he is stark naked in that scene. Like, okay, I mean, that that makes sense. I'm like, what? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Uh, when filming the scene of her iconic scream in the basement, which this is the scream I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Jen Ortega was hung over after giving going on a bar crawl the night before with castmate Kid Cudi. Ah. Um, that scream that Jen Ortega gives in that is the best scream, I think, that is... I've heard in any of the films we've done this year. I'm just throwing it out there. When we give the overall awards at the end of this for, like, the Death Hall Awards for all these movies, Jen Ortega, we have to put a pin in this. Lorraine, I mean, because it's so blood-curdling, so, I mean, just out there that it just dwarfs anything that we've covered so far when she screams in that basement when she sees the guy hanging up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the face, too. Um you know, a good contender, but it's still Jenna Ortega is her scream and scream. Five. That's true when she's getting stabbed, right? In yeah. The beginning of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's blood curdling. Um, but I, I think this one's better just because she, I mean, she, all, I mean, I don't know how her, a small, a small of a body as she's got can scream that loud is all I can say. Like, I mean, it is out there, you know. I know it's assisted by microphones and all that, but yeah. all these movies are, and like nobody gets close to how much she puts into that. She's she's definitely got that. So <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have to give that to you because she has multiple good screams in her movies. So yeah, she deserves the title of Scream Queen. Scream at this Queen, point. literally of the, of, of the new uh, actresses playing the parts. Yeah, she above all the rest of them because she can scream. Uh, all right. Getting to our Death Holler Awards. What do we think of her final girl, Maxine? Definitely not a traditional final girl. There's mm-hmm. no virgin anything uh-uh. about her. Yeah. Um, she grew on me. Um, and I, I already knew the plot of this movie for the most part. Maybe at the time I wasn't quite sure who Maxine was, um, when I knew the plot. So I think that helped me kind of get, get through this. Um, she grew on me because I wasn't necessarily rooting for her at first. I don't think you're supposed to. She is, she's kind of full of herself and she's, uh, I mean, even if you want to say she's got the X factor or whatever, she is all, I mean, she is wrapped up in her own self through most of this movie. Like she is like any other final, most of the final girls, like the trope is they're virginal. They're self-sacrificing. They look out for others. Maxine is the complete opposite in every way. Like, she gives two shits about anybody but herself. Like she did this, show a little movie. concern for Lorraine at the end, and she was shockingly she making sense, where she's like, hey, quit screaming. You're going to draw attention, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then Lorraine was like, I hate you. I, I thought that was... You know, that's when that's when Maxine was making the turn toward like an actual final girl that was toward the end of the movie. Like yeah, she, she was. Um, but 
I also think that Maxine was a little bit too functional considering the amount of coke she was fucking taking in. That's the other thing. Final girls don't do drugs. Yeah. Maxine does all the drugs. She does. And I'm just like, <laughs> usually you're pretty fucking high. I've not heard, and I don't know, I don't I do not do drugs, so, but I've not heard of a situation where you're on coke and your endorphins get you thinking clearly. I, it's hard for me to say. I, I can, can somebody I, I who cokes out comment? It, <laughs> it's an upper, so in theory, it could like boost your reactions to things. Yeah, but um, in a yeah. organized matter, who yeah, knows? Well, I guess that's the thing. I don't know because you hear these stories all the time. I mean, because pot is supposed to be a downer, or you know, like to a certain extent. And there's a, and it makes sense because of what they're doing. But surgeons actually claim that they do better with it, you know, if they're used to smoking it on a regular basis, because they that there's no like you know shaking to their hands. So that's yeah, fucking if, if a, wild. If a downer does that to somebody, then like, and they can focus more on what they're doing, even though it's clouding their mind. An upper, which is basically Adderall in like yeah, a, true, a yeah. sniffable form. Maybe it can. I don't know. It's hard to say. What I is mean, Ritalin? What is Ritalin mimic? It's, I mean, it's it's an upper. It's like cocaine or, or methamphetamines. I ah, mean, it's, yes. That's what it, it, so, I mean, you know, people actually say that they, their thinking is more organized on that sort of thing. So I don't, and there was, a, and you think about it too, how many, I mean, it's there was the other stuff that tended to get them. I mean, if you watch Wolf of Wall Street especially, a lot of high-powered, like, Wall Street guys did all of their biggest trading and stuff while high as hell on, on cocaine because they, their mind was just, you know, catching all the stuff going on, you know. Yeah. So it was the quaaludes that got, you know, the guy in Wolf of Wall Street because that was a downer and it just blasted him out of his fucking mind. So yeah. Maybe maybe the cocaine was helping Maxine get through all of this, like being able to think more coherently than like you know, because she was, or you know, she'd hit her bump and like she was, you know, like her mind was like you know it was racing, but in a good way, like a fight or flight way that she needed to get out of the the shit that she was. Yeah, in. I don't know. I I just I just, I guess I don't have a good understanding of it. So I was like, I can understand being scared and wanting to run for your life. I just usually they make it look like you're so clouded in judgment. I didn't see her making as good as decisions as she was making, but I digress. Uh, but anyways, she's the anti-final girl. It's just weird, but like, yeah. It, but she does, I mean, I agree with you. She goes from being fairly despicable at the beginning of it. Just, I mean, uh, honestly, Brittany Snow is the li more likable character through yes. the, uh, the entire film. Definitely. Really. And she's kind of a bitch sometimes, too. But even then, you she, know. She is, but she's also compassionate toward other people. She actually cared about Lorraine in that scene where she yeah. threw the cum towel. Uh, she cared about Pearl whenever she was standing on the. So she cared about people and, and should have been the final girl where Maxine only cared about herself. So, exactly. I mean. Uh, slasher, um, uh, Pearl and Howard, weirdest fucking slashers yeah. you'll probably get in a movie. I mean, outside of like Motel Hell, which would have probably, if I was going to, now that I think about it, if I was going to throw in an oddball slasher would have probably been that movie because it's about a bunch of older folks that like collect people that just randomly come by their, you know, their little, uh, restaurant, bed and breakfast, whatever they got and like, you know, harvest them for, you know, stuff. That's probably the closer match, but like, yeah, 
old freak, freaky people that just like to, I mean, they're they're using these people for sexual pleasure to some extent before they kill them. I think all the way. Lorraine is because Howard can't function. I don't yeah, know. Per, that yeah, or he well, can function, but there was a man in the basement, not a woman. Uh, yeah, well, as I know Pearl's the one getting off, so yeah, yeah Pearl, but like, uh, Howard, I, I feel like, I feel like he's a voyeur, like he, he knows that he can't, oh, yeah. like, he, he, he wants to, he's clearly still sexually pin up because he's a man, and he gives it to Pearl at one point in the movie, but at the same time, like, he, he knows there's something about, like, like he's, and I don't know, and this, I mean, he's blue balling himself to death in that case. I don't know how the man dealt with it for all those years, but yeah. like he's watching her have sexual, this deviant sexual pleasure with these people and getting some pleasure from it, you know, even it, vicariously or something. It's, it's I a weird read dynamic. somewhere that he was the one trapping people to have sex with, and it's possible because he was, I don't, I think he was going to use Lorraine. I think he, he he might have, but he but remember how what he said to Pearl. He said, "I've got her in the basement." She's like, "That's not the one." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pearl wanted a woman, yeah, but, but not Lorraine, not Jenna Ortega's character. And Wait. she was actually she told him to get rid of her because she was yeah. pointless. Ugh, dang. <laughs> um, Which Howard, is, did, Howard, he kills Kid Cuddy. He blasts him. Yeah. What else did he do? I think he gets rid of Kid Cudi because Howard gets rid of Kid Cudi specifically because he recognizes him as being the biggest threat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't... Yeah. Wayne, he already he already pegged Wayne as being, and not pegged in the sense that, you know, some yeah. of these perverts are thinking of. Uh, that that was... Uh, if anybody pegged Wayne, that was uh, Pearl. But, yes. Um, with a pitchfork. Yeah. Uh, but he pegged he pegged Wayne as like just being like I mean you know like a pushover like, yes you know he was he talked a good game but there wasn't a lot there to back it up he knew meeting Jackson that Jackson was like a fellow vet yeah he knew that guy was trouble if he started like trying to wreck your shit up you know? yes uh, the only other person he killed was Lorraine in the movie because a she was trying to get out again and b uh, Pearl had already told him, it's like, get rid of that bitch. Oh, so he yeah, was yeah, yeah. What he was he told. shotgun blasted her. Okay, so yeah, he's only, okay, okay. And I think Howard is the one that, like you said, that collects the people for, for uh, Pearl because Pearl is a little too freaky, a little too crazy. Yes. And she... And she can't, she doesn't interact with anybody in this movie in a, in a way that any sane person would interact. But Howard can seem normal, you know. That's weird. He... he yeah, so he is the one that lures them in, and, you know, Pearl does her thing, basically. So. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's a strange couple. They're not very uh, they're not very good at what they do, in, in this movie at least, but we, we see them at their worst. Like, you know, yeah. if, we, if there was a movie that, that Ty West ever wanted to make where Pearl and Howard were doing their killing in their prime, yeah. That'd be a hell of a movie because, like, I'm sure that they were good at what they were doing back in the day. They they knew how to, you know, how to yeah. take them out. They just didn't. Their bodies had give up. They couldn't do anything else. Turn this into a quadrilogy. <laughs> um. Also, I'm gonna gross everyone out, and you're welcome. Howard and Pearl just fucking get it on, but you know that pussy was drier than a popcorn fart. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was because I mean I don't even. She only it took everything in her to cry, and if she even did in the movie, so she was she that that uh that was a dusty old thing. That so. was a dusty old thing, and she doesn't. I mean, it had been used. It had been used on other people, mind you, but yeah. still, it was it was dusty. Yeah, it's like I have heard that when we get older, we just we're not the well we once used we once used to be, and you either one have to use you know help aka lubricant you can't even use anything to get it going you just have to fucking pour water in the pot you know because it's not gonna fill itself and not only that but like she don't go to the doctor she don't have anything she's not taking the proper hormones to keep that thing going yeah she don't have the estrogen supplements yeah. to, to get that back the way even halfway like it was yeah no wonder uh... he couldn't fucking keep i'm just kidding <laughs> gross that would have been bad if he'd hopped off from her and said, my dick, it's changed. Yeah. You know. It just shows it and it's fucking missing skin. Oh, God. Uh, best kill, it's Bobby Lynn to me. They, they, like I said, they foreshadow it on the outside of the strip club, but Brittany Snow getting eaten by Theta, the alligator, I, it's classic scene. It just, it, it's good. Um, that Now, RJ getting cut up yeah. a bunch of times, that, that's pretty good too. I'm not going to lie. But. It's RJ for me. Yeah, I, and and the red light really helps that scene too. I mean, yeah, that's also that's also the moment in the movie where like the actual scariness starts to kick in. Yeah, if you're going to be scared at all because Pearl's pretty creepy in that scene. Like it's like almost like Kill Bill when they're playing that. <laughs> she was seeing red, man. Uh, best scream. Like I said, uh, to me, this is going to be at the end of the season. It's Lorraine. Yeah. I mean, I'll give an honorable mention to Maxine because she does scream at one point in the movie, but Mia Goth can't scream like Jen yeah. Ortega can. She just can't. Mm-mm. Uh, best boobs. Now, here's uh, which one's your pick. You got Brittany Snow and you got uh, Mia Goth as, as Maxine. As Maxine. <laughs> so... Uh, I'll get to I'll get to Pearl's titties here in a minute, but um, <laughs> but between Maxine and Bobby Lynn, uh, which of the two has better tits? Do you think? Um, I need to I need to look at a photo because they're, they they're were, both on the smaller side. I know, so which is my that. least favorite. Um, Bobby Lynn X. Let's put naked. See what I can get. Oh my god! No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, I haven't even hit enter yet. Um, images. Oh, there's some good photos of her. Oh, good. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Skin. Um I feel like we don't get I feel like we don't get a lot of Britney Snow comp- like they show a lot of it, but I feel like they don't Okay, there it goes. Um Fuck. I'll, I'll be honest. I think Mia Goth, just because uh, hers seem more rounded in the scenes that she has where she's showing them. Uh, Maybe. And it's, not, it's, and it's not Britney Snow's fault because they had Britney Snow leaning back in a lot of her scenes. And that, uh, you know, they obviously do to, if they're not like fake as fuck, they're going to kind of sink, you know, become a little bit flatter when you lean back, you know? Yeah. Um, And <laughs> she has that, she has that, um, Bony, you could see her fucking bones just popping through her fucking chest. 
for yeah. Britney Snow. It's a hard one for me because I'll tell you what I didn't like about Mia Goth. And actually, it's very natural. This is very natural for a woman. It actually made me feel a lot more comfortable. I was like, oh, boobs do look like that. Is that she had that weird armpit gap of where the boob doesn't have anything holding it up. So you have this weird like dent near your armpit and your and your boob. It's like side boob. And you rarely see that in films. And I was like, at first I was like, why is she? And then I was like, wait a second. That's what real titties look like. Yeah. They don't hold themselves up. We all have it, you know. And so I don't know. And it, I don't know. Brittany Snow didn't have that, by the way. I didn't see it in any scenes. Like I said, she's leaning back, though. She's not, gravity's not dragging hers down at any point, really, in the scene. Because she's on her back when she's getting plowed by yeah. Jackson. And she's leaning back on the pillow, smoking her cigarette whenever she's wiping the, the cum off of her. So Yeah, uh, the pictures I'm looking at, I'm going to say Britney Snow for me. Okay. It's it's a it's mixture, but I think just because of the gravity bringing them down and making them look fuller, I'm going to give it to Maxine in this. Yeah. What we're both in agreement on, and this is for, I mean, uh, probably needs a pen put in it. For the Cindy Campbell Orangutan <laughs> Titty Award, oh. it, it, it's fucking Pearl. It's fucking Pearl. Orangutan I mean, Titty Award. I know that. I know that's Mia, Mia Goth, and and Pearl herself might have had some decent titties back in the day in the first movie, but she got them orangutan titties now that she's old. So. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is so horrifying in the sense that we're all getting old. And we're all potentially going to look like this one day. And we're all going to have that same desire that Pearl has. Maybe not as bad as Pearl does and to the extent that we're killing people, hopefully not. But like where we're like, we feel we feel not wanted anymore. We don't feel beautiful. I don't know if this is in, I want to say it's special features that uh, Brittany Snow herself said this. I don't know if Bobby Lynn said this in the movie to Maxine, but one of the two actors or character mentions about how Pearl herself is what we'll all become. Just like you said, whenever we, you know, see others in their youth and then their prime and we realize what we've lost, you know, and that that's one of the things that's like the, you know, the most empathetic about her as a character is the fact that, you know, she, she's very acutely aware of like what she yes. had and what she doesn't have. Oh Yeah any longer so uh but yeah one of the two mentioned it and you're right i mean that's that's what i mean you can sit there and be grossed out by pearl and howard but we're all going to be there someday oh, yes. and that and you can let that frighten you you can learn to deal with it i mean it is what it is and, and none of us can fight it you can sit there and have all the plastic surgery in the world you want you'll end up looking like an alien your name will be madonna and everybody will think you're a freak but whatever you want to do if you're anything <laughs> like pearl you'll make the best of it <laughs> you'll make yourself resourceful I, I still i mean i know he's not here and i wish he was because i think he would have had more to say about this uh with noah on this movie but like i still think that pearl got to a point where she just as uh, she swallowed the bitter pill down yeah and she accepted you know what she had you know what she wasn't going to have in her life i, mean, I, I know, agree you know the, it's just i get that from x more maybe than pearl but like you know you see her at the at the end result, she had to swallow that bitter pill, and it turned her into a, a worse monster than she already was. Yeah. Uh, Franklin Award, giving that to uh, Owen in the movie. Um, 
trying to think who who that even is. I think that's the the little side deputy guy or whatever. Uh, let me see. Go back. Uh, I don't even remember now, but I, I can't really think of anybody else in the movie uh, who is you know really that annoying. Like I actually liked all the main characters in the movie, the all the porn you know group or whatever. There's something likable about all of them, really. I mean, like I don't yeah. really think any of them are that bad. I mean, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't have any. Yeah, I can't. I and the Owen, oh, if he was one of the deputies, he was just a, a side, you know. I, I that could be a leftover thing. Whenever I copy notes over, I don't know. I can't think of. I can't think of anybody in this movie really that's, that deserves a Franklin Award. Mm-hmm. Really, so, I agree with you on I, that one. I'm just going to remove that. There's really not one that's applicable here, so that's what we'll leave it at. Uh, best good girl, Theta the alligator. Yeah, she there is. you go. How annoying is the Doom Prophet? There is none because Maxine doesn't tell anybody about what's going on because, again, she's too wrapped up in her own shit. Oh so. yeah, and she's coked up, so you know. Yeah, she she saw she knows that Pearl's fucked up. She thinks about it for a half second, and then Wayne's like, "You better get in there and fuck me," and she's like, "Okay, all right," and yeah. that's the end of it. You know. Uh, dumbest moment is Wayne walking around that fucking barn barefooted. Now you can say what you want to, but any, and, and he was a country boy to a certain extent. He, he knew there's all kinds of fucking random ass nails and shit. That's going to be in the bottom of that bar. If not, if not just the cow shit. So oh yeah, why would you be walking around your fucking bare feet in that situation? I would not have stepped inside that barn with in my bare feet. Um, yes, I would say, that mine is Lorraine popping off on Maxine when Maxine just rescued her ass. And she's like, I hate you. I hate you. This is your fault. When did they get to that point where that it was her fault? She's blaming them for being in the situation. She's blaming them for two reasons. She's blaming them for being there because if it wasn't for them, RJ wouldn't have drug her along to make the porn movie. Two, she is suddenly feeling terrible about what she did to RJ and she's her own guilt is being externalized on the Mac scene at that point. I hate you for putting me in a situation where I fucked around with my boyfriend, bitch. You did that. Yeah, you, you did, did that. that. But I'm saying her, she's not accepting her own guilt at that point. She's and externalizing it. That's on Maxine. fine. But can we have this discussion in the van <laughs> when we're driving away? Like, seriously, like, you hate someone so bad that you would rather risk your safety to not fucking escape this hellscape. I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but, yeah. like, she was so emotional at that yeah. point, like, freaking out that, I mean, she wasn't thinking clearly. Well, how did that work out for you, Lorraine? Oh, you can't answer. You're dead. Shotgun blast to the face. That's yeah. what happened to you. Exactly. At least she took Howard out, though. She did just by gasping for breath and then scaring the shit out of him. Yep. Which is, that's what I love about this movie. In the last scene, you get comedy and it's just like, I mean, some people might get mad at that. It totally uh, does a little bit of the tension that the movie's built up to that point, but it's perfect. You've got two octogenarian or older uh, serial killers it makes total sense to me that one would die of a heart attack and one would get fucking blasted her own fucking yeah. her own goddamn head yeah. from a shotgun uh, because they they're it, it it's a universal truth about people. We our bodies tell us it's like you're oh you're one of the old yeah. now, and we're like our brain is like no I'm not I'm still fucking eighteen years old I'm still full of piss and vinegar and when your body and your brain you know have that fight the body always wins. <laughs> 
You're, the next day you will be, uh, you'll be a crick in your neck. You're going to be walking sideways. I mean, and you'll be like, fuck me. All I did was sleep with an extra pillow last night. And yeah. That's what happens when you age folks. I'm sorry, you 20 year olds, you know, I just like Wayne says, uh, you know, I've been, you know, I was 23 once, but you've never been 42. When you get to 42, you realize what happened. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, I'm glad that the humor's in it because the concept of those two older serial killers, there's a little bit of, you have to laugh at it. If you don't, you're not acknowledging the premise at all. You just, yeah. At least, yeah, there's like a, a tiny bit of humor. Like you can't just sit there and be like, "What the fuck," you know? Yeah, I mean, granted, the people are. I mean, it's a dark, dark thing that you know Howard and and Max, or I mean, and Pearl have done over the years, and they're, I mean, they're very fucked up people. But like you know, it's there is a little bit of humor to the scene, and I think that's the reason that uh, Ty West ended the way he did with that with the sheriff saying, you know, that it was. Uh, the line he has about the goddamn fucked up horror show. I mean, you, you, he leaned into it to kind of, and I, and uh, it ends on a high note for me because I love that, especially when he kicks into that, you know, song by Robert Palmer at the end of it. So, yeah. All right. We, we've reached that magical moment. Let's compare <laughs> the two movies. We've not got back Maxine to go off of. And by the way, Maxine looks like it's very much leaning into the 80s nostalgia, at least in the teaser trailer. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to have the synth soundtrack. It's going to have all that stuff of the 80s. Yeah. But um, but we have this one, and we have Pearl, which was set in 1918. Let, let's compare the two of them. Let's, you know, what, which is better, which is worse, that sort of thing. Well, if I were to compare, um, it's funny because there's two things I don't like in each film. I really right. don't. What, what are those? In Pearl, I don't like slow burns, and it was a slow burn for me. It was such a slow burn for me. Not again, not as bad as, you know. Uh, House of the Devil. House of the Devil. But enough that I got up multiple times to clear my brain and frustration at how much I was not enjoying what was going on. And it's not that I wasn't enjoying it. It was good cinematic storyline, you know, where there was stuff leading up to everything. It just was, it was boring me. And it's sad because it was a, definitely a sign of the times, if you will. That's how it was. You know, there wasn't anything crazy exciting going on back then. Yeah, I mean, that, that it fits with a movie because, I mean, her life's all boredom until yes. she has that one pivotal moment and it builds up to that. Even so, with yeah. the with the goose getting killed uh, almost immediately at the beginning and fed to the alligator, even then, like, that's when you know she's got psycho tendencies because that's how it starts. It starts usually with small animals and then it starts leading up to people. So we knew that that was going to be a thing. But, um, yeah, I got up like two or three times and like, Ugh, and my husband's like, are you going to make it? And I was like, I am, but I am struggling. So I was on the struggle bus. And then even with the kills that came, it was, um, it was kind of a boring movie to me, but boring in a Reina sense, because I don't like really good movies sometimes. <laughs> so... I'm going to at least say that to give it some of its credit it's due. Now, in terms of X, uh, lots of fucking, it, it kind of gets to it. It was a little bit more action-y of a slower burn, you know, where there's more movement going on uh, and definitely more excitement in terms. But I don't like sex so much in movies. 
it's like to me a waste okay. of times and there was a bit obviously a huge focus on it. And okay. I'm not a prude, but I'm just like and I think this actually the sex scenes were done very well in this. Uh and I think that the adding the comedy to it, aka Britney Snow, fucking just kind of sitting there getting plowed and then she's the camera's on her, she's like, Oh, oh my bad, just kidding. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> this feels so good. Uh so I think that kind of saved it. Um Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna follow up on that because of things I've read recently on like Facebook groups. Okay, uh, Pearl is definitely the one that people seem to shit on between the two of them, and uh, same kind of thing you were mentioning. People watched X. They they got the slasher. They wanted the nostalgic slasher from the late '70s, early '80s. They get Pearl. They don't know what to do with it. It's, oh yeah. it's 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 not it's not that kind of slasher. If anything, it's more like the original Psycho in the sense that Psycho didn't really have kills until actually way past the halfway point. I mean, or well, I guess it was the halfway point because that's when uh, Janet Lee was murdered in the shower, and then it kind of picks up. So yeah. it's got a very it's got a, a very Psycho you know way of you know pacing. I yeah. Say. Um. I had this, this. I had this post that I posted to somebody. They were like, they posted on there. They were like, I don't tell me what I'm missing about Pearl. Why? Why are people so high in this movie? I think the people like Pearl, and it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive because I like both. I think the people like Pearl like the character study. They like the you know the the camera you know up close and you know and and held tight on this killer as like she's you know basically. I mean. She's not killed a person yet in the movie, but we see the first person she kills, which happens to be her mother. Yeah, which is funny because who else also killed their mother first? Norman Bates. Oh yeah. You know? Well, she's so, descending into darkness for sure. Yeah, but we're seeing that. We're seeing Norman Bates become Norman Bates in the movie. Yeah. And you know that that to me is the interesting part, and why I think a lot of people picked up on that. Also, Mia Goth like leaning into that and and trying to show the conflicting emotions of somebody who just like Noah said has got all this ambition. They've got this, you know, desire to be somebody, but at the same time, they're, you know, they're, they're, they feel like they're trapped inside their, their, you know, uh, situation. I mean, that's, that's a universe. There's a lot of people that can empathize with that, you know, yeah. thinking that you want to, you know, you want to be something you want to get out of being just like stuck in a podunk town or whatever it is. And, uh, life just, even it, there's even the older movie, it's a wonderful life revolves around that because uh, George Bailey in the movie, he spends the entire movie trying to get out of, of like the, uh, the town that he's in. And every time that he does fate knocks him back down and he has to, and, and, and he makes a good life out of it. And that's the point of the movie, but he, his dreams are to go out and, and, and see the world. And every time that he does something terrible happens with his family that keeps him trapped within that town. So, yeah. I mean, you're, it's a, it's kind of a you know it's a very empathetic thing to to a very human thing to experience. The thing that I like about the movie, the reason I can stick with it, is that there's enough little things in between. I, I get the slow burn part of mm-hmm. it, but between her killing the goose at the beginning, so you see that you see the way that she's just out. I mean, just so out there and like singing and dancing in front of these cows and stuff. Like there's okay, that's, like that's a little it's, much. It's like a musical. So, 
fucking hate it. Yeah. And you're like, well, and I'm, but I'm saying like in her mind, it's like, you're like, okay, that's a little much. You, you know, you're getting a little too into this. Yeah. And the scene where she fucks the scarecrow, like, I mean, that's another descent on the rung. Like, that's another, like, okay, that's a big character moment. She's cheating on her husband. She gets mad at the person she's imagining she's cheating with, which yeah. is a projectionist. And she, and then she goes to stab and kill the, you know, the scarecrow, which she ends up killing the projectionist too. Uh, out of guilt, well, whatever it is, you know, just being a psychotic bitch. I mean, you know, whatever it amounts to. And then those two things, plus even the, the scene later on where she grabs one of the eggs, because that's oh, still yeah. before, I think, before her mother. She grabs one of the eggs and just, and, and she's like, just, you know, they all talk about serial killers that like pick apart little animals, like tear the, you know, the wings off of flies. They They get like a mouse and start cutting like its tail off and, and all that she just picks up the egg and like just sits there and stares at it as like it just oozes out like and she's killing yeah. it one more little rung on the little ladder before she finally kills her mother and then the movie picks up for you know and and goes after that so there's enough little things at the beginning and the setting for me I, I love the setting because i think it's a not like i was saying in the in the pearl you know review i like that i, I that comparison between 1918 spanish flu and the 2020, you know, COVID outbreak. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's appropriate because that's what everybody thought. That that was whether you, I'm going to say lie. I mean, that I know that paints me on one side of the political aisle. I've dealt with this enough. You you know, think what you want. The, the, the story that was told to people about the how deadly it was and all that, they used the 1918 Spanish flu as the propaganda oh, that yeah. they sold to people because there was people that died in truckloads from the 1918 Spanish flu. Uh, I don't know if anybody knows this, but you know who primarily, I'm just asking you real quick, you know who primarily died from the Spanish flu back in the day? Who? Cape, uh, able-bodied, uh, like 18 to 30 year old. Oh, wow. That's who primarily died because it did this weird thing in the human body where it, if you had a good immune system, which is the people who were in the prime of their life, it, their, their immune system overreacted and that's what gave them the fevers that ended up killing them. Oh, wow. So the Spanish flu, you had, if you were in Pearl's situation, she had more reason to be scared of it than her mother. Her mother was probably safer from it outside of having lingering symptoms like her father had, but Pearl was the prime age to actually die from it. Yeah. Um, so it's, I just think it's interesting seeing how people responded back then and how it, how it just eerily matches like 2020. So that I thought was interesting. I like the old timey, like the, the movie theater, the way the town looked. I mean, cause we didn't get, we didn't get like the only images of a town that we got in X was that town that was right outside of, I mean, I guess it was in Houston, right outside the strip club. That was a, I mean, and and that's a good comparison between the two time periods. You go from this idyllic little small town in 1918 in Pearl to like this just industrialized, like, I, I don't know, like concrete metal mess that was right outside of the strip club at the beginning of, of X. I mean, it looked awful. I looked at that. And I'm like, all right, that's a hellscape. I don't want to ever live in that situation. Yeah. Because it was one industrial building after the next with steam building uh, and smoke, you know, pour, pouring off of it. So I don't know. So it was the setting, the music. I love the Technicolor stuff, the the throwback to the, uh, to the Wizard of Oz. I, I liked all that stuff. And it was enough, the little things, to get me through until after the, the breaking point for Pearl. But I can see people 
who especially don't like slow burns like you. That's the reason I recommended maybe Pearl for you second. Yeah. Uh, not really like it, there's not there's not a whole lot there to keep you if you're not in for that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was a trifecta for me because I don't like musicals. I don't like old movies. Actually, it's a quadfecta, if you will. I don't like musicals. I don't like old movies. Uh, I don't like slow burns. And I really don't like Mia Goth as an actress. And we're not going to get into a whole <clears throat> Jensen Ackles thing, but it's one of those things where with Jensen Ackles, I had stated, look, I feel like, you know, he's putting on this persona constantly and it makes me feel like he's not a real person. You know, it makes me feel like he's constantly an actor. You know, he's yeah. literally doing a job, which I respect you're doing a job. That's fine. Mia Goth, what job are you doing? You know, is she's a good actress. So I'm not going to ever take that away. Same thing with Jensen Ackles. I'm not going to take away the good acting. Um, but outside of her acting and outside of her films, I don't really see her as a real person. And I know that's a me problem. So that it is what it is. I'm not telling everyone, hey, don't like Mia Goth and don't think she's great or anything like that. I'm just saying for me, this is how it can affect me when I'm watching a film. When I see you acting a goddamn fool, you know, in your real life, not like a real person acts, like not having human emotion, but more so just being so off that it's not even like being different. It's just being weird. It, it affect, it'll affect me, you know? Okay. I mean, I don't really know much about her outside of it. Uh, she comes across in like the, the, you know, any kind of interviews is like I said, she's very, it's, it's a, it shows how good of an actress she is. She's very reserved, yeah. very quiet, meeks sounding whenever she, she talks. Her voice is very high pitched. That's hella very, funny. You know, very, I mean, very British. Uh, she sounds like a little mouse basically when she speaks and, but she's very into the art of it. I'll say that. 100%. So, I mean, yeah. So I can see the, the weirdo side of it because she's one of those like film majors or something that's all about film majors. She's, Pearl is probably closer to her than any yes. character she's ever played. Oh, she's one of those art freaks, and so is Shia LaBeouf. They're, they're, she's like the female version of Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> but she she really, I mean, I, I don't disagree. I mean, in the sense that she's really into this. I mean, like, when she talks about it, she talks about it like, um, with a passion, which yes. is good because that's what you need for that job. But I'm saying that it's, it you know, that that can be off-putting because there's, you know, it, it it makes you feel like, you know, maybe there's not like a, genuine person underneath or something yeah but uh, as far as x um i i mean i you know it's pretty easy to like x especially if you like throwbacks to the the old slashers i mean yeah it really is they they nailed the uh texas chainsaw vibes like i said the the cast is likable uh they did a real great job by getting a minor part of lorraine getting played by jenna ortega like i don't know who decided that, but I mean, like she's, she's clearly an up and comer. So to even have your minor character be somebody with her quality of actress, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Um, <clears throat> the concept of the two old people fucking is just so weird. Yes. It makes the movie stand out, uh, stand out so much that, I mean, I think that Ty West was, it was a smart move for him. Cause I mean, this is probably his most mainstream movie that I can think of that he's done. Like, I mean, the guys, he's like a, a male version of, of Mia Goth too, in the sense that he's very, he's, he's very reserved when he talks, but he's also very, uh, you could tell he's very smart about like knowing like the, the craft of movie making. And so like, he's, you know, he's more like, I think he gets more excited by the, the, 
the amateur like the or the like niche kind of stuff and this is more this is more of a, a broad you know type horror movie for him so I, I honestly i hope it opens him up and he starts doing more you know less niche stuff that takes away a little bit from his you know what he's good at but i think that he could be really good at broad horror movies too and i think that that would if he <clears throat> if he did this where he made like a big broad horror movie that made a lot of money and then he turned around and made the kind of movies he normally makes like house of the devil. Yeah. We all, we all win because he gets to make the movies for us that like that sort of thing. Yeah. He makes the movies for the general population that likes broad, you know, horror movies and, and the guy gets enough money that he can keep doing what he wants to do. Cause I think he really is a talent, you know, as a director and a yeah. writer. And I would hate for the guy to start running out of money because he makes movies that are too, you know, they, they they target such small audiences that nobody will fund his movies. You yeah, know? Um, and Ty West <laughs> definitely is artsy-fartsy. He definitely has the talent. Um, again, because I don't like something doesn't mean I don't see the quality in it. Um, Pearl is definitely a movie that I think everybody should watch, uh, you know, who who's into horror films, and especially if you're into artistic films of any degree of any genre. It's definitely one of those things that you need to watch. It's definitely, you know, a recommend from me in terms of slasher pass. Pearl's a pass for me. Um, it's not a movie I'm going to watch again. I've watched it. I get it. Uh, I do also greatly understand and greatly appreciate what it adds to the X film. Yeah. And it's, how it's I needed. Mean, it, yeah. If you're ever in a situation like where, or if we had this with older horror movies where we could actually see like a killer i mean because we've talked about this several times sometimes you see a killer and you're like i would like to know how somebody got to that point yeah that's what pearl exactly delivers, pearl uh, yeah pearl gives up. it to you uh <laughs> literally she gives it to you. <laughs> in multiple but, ways how do you want it uh, but now okay so having said that so pearl's a movie that you you recommend that it should be seen once maybe ne you'll never watch again what about X? Is that one that you might go back to and rewatch? I don't think so. Just because of the porn. Okay. I might watch it. I might because it's hard right now. It's hard to say. Like if my hubby had it on in the room, definitely I'm going to rewatch it. Um, because I don't really want to watch this in front of the kids, despite the fact that they're getting older and the scenes are pretty clean cut, you know? Um, I, I will say this about X and this is embarrassing, but it's, it's, it's truth. Uh, it's hard to watch that movie whenever you have your in-laws over. I'm just oh, 100%. I would not watch it in front of the in-laws. I wouldn't watch it in a family-type setting at all. Um, and I probably, unfortunately, say that I would sleep watch it. But it, And while I'm saying all this, this movie's not a pass for me. It's a slash. I think the kills were fucking amazing in it. Okay. Uh, I think that the scare factor of the old people in terms of getting older and relating to them, but them also being super fucking scary and intimidating, it fucking works. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't disagree with any of that. I mean, I, like I said, I, I enjoy it. But it is one of those movies where even if they're in the other room, which is a situation I had to watch it in. Yes. Uh, I, I, I was sitting there catching myself. I'm like, where's the fucking remote? I gotta turn this down because yes. I mean... Brittany Snow, uh, you know, really gets into the moaning and groaning of it yes. all and fails it. But at the same time, you don't want to be sitting there, you know, and then two rooms away, your mother-in-law is like staying over. And it's like, what the fuck were you just watching? It's like, uh, not a porn, but kind of. Mind your business. And I was kidding. Uh, but yeah, I, 
it, but it, like I said, it's more broad based. I, I think more people can get into it. And that, that's kind of where I responded to the person on the Facebook post, getting, you know, round about the conversation yeah. and get it back to that. They were like, I don't know why, what am I missing about Pearl? And I said, some people do not uh, just are not in the character, Mm-mm. you know, study type movies. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. They don't, you don't have to be. I mean, like uh, there is, there is certain serial killer movies that I just don't care about because it's like they, you know, to me, like they have to be somewhat, you know, they you know, Pearl gives enough of her, like, you know, passions and stuff like that, that it intrigues me. But there's some of them where it's like, just shows a person that's like, uh, you know, it's the typical, you know, like slight, you know, uh, serial killer thing. They, they had a bad family life or they had like some kind of sexual, you know, predation from a, a loved one that caused them to go in that route, that route. Yeah that stuff I don't want to watch. Like I just don't. And I, yeah. and I get it when other people don't want to watch something like Pearl because it's, you know, it's like, what's the point of this movie? It's like, that's fine. You don't have to like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get that X is more appealing to a broader audience just because it is a traditional slasher. Yes. You know? Um, and you know, maybe that makes me boring. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Uh, look at, at the end of the day, neither one of us on this podcast are professional film reviewers, but I do, agree that we are professional film recommenders you know and it's like hey this was our experience with it you fucking do with that information what you will you know yeah, I, I, and i'll say it this way i would not walk up to the standard person unless i knew a little bit more about them and knew what they were that they leaned that or you know were, yeah I, I would think would be interested and recommend pearl i'd be like yeah i would tell them that i enjoyed it but then i would kind of let why i think they might not I want everyone to know that's listening that he forced me to watch this film against my will. Just kidding. Uh, Yes, for the review of this podcast. Yes, that is true. So there you go. For legal purposes. Um, Oh, and we didn't cover this, and I don't know if we ever will. I've got it saved back for a future episode. I watched The Burning just in case we did, like, if we didn't want to, if we wanted to add a tag of the bees to this episode, which we didn't, obviously. But uh, (sighs) The Burning is a movie for me. I'm just going to throw it out there. If we don't end up reviewing it, at least as a little tail end of this whole conversation. Um, that that I think I've missed the boat on because I everybody who swears up and down that it's like you know it's like oh it's the lost film that's as good as the you know Friday the Thirteenth it is not in my oh. opinion like <laughs> it's it's got Tom Savini kills in it so that's good it's got a cool look for the killer that's only revealed at the very end of the movie because of budgetary reasons that's fine uh, but the most of the movie is like meatballs like if you've ever seen that old bill murray movie meatballs that's set in a camp the rest of the movie is like them having a legit camp experience and then it's only about halfway through before the kills start and i'm i'm obviously i'm not a person opposed to slow burn but you know with a with a slasher that starts out with somebody uh having a corpse candle handed to them and then having you know burnt uh, savagely over their entire body and then, you know, and then turn around and spend the rest of the movie in some goofy camp with a, with George Costanza as one of the characters, you know, from Seinfeld. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I was checking my phone the entire movie. Like, I'm sorry, like, for all the horror nerds out there, lost all my cred. That's fine. But the burning, uh, uh, you know, and I, I spoke with Cody about this recently, you know, through text messages. He said that he feels like that, um, Sleepaway Camp's a very mid movie with an ending that's that's you know out there. I can't disagree with that from for the most part. Uh, the ending is what really saves Sleepaway Camp from just being an obscure you know eighty slasher. But uh, the burning I think is even worse. Like I will I will argue that you know it, with Tom Savini's kills notwithstanding, 
it is just a traditional they're in a camp and somebody starts killing them and all the kills are with garden shears yeah like, there's no variation at least with <laughs> sleepaway camp we had the bees uh not the eyes not the eyes you know we had um we, you know we we had you know the the scene where she gets stabbed down the back you know in the shower there's variation in the kills they are literally just getting gutted with with garden shears the entire movie and i i got to a point where i was just like when's this movie end just honestly. so <laughs> that's that rare is, for you and, and and i've seen it before but like i i guess it's just watching all these slashers and finally like you know seeing them all together and kind of seeing the 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 good ones and the bad ones and the and the ones in between the burning is just an in-between movie for me like i you know it's one of those that I, I understand perfectly why it fell in the obscurity and why most people don't know about it. It came out the same year as Friday the 13th, the original, uh, or, or actually it came out between Friday the 13th and part two, uh, because Savini left part where, you know, Friday the 13th and made this and, and he actually rejected doing Friday the 13th part two. Cause he thought, you know, Jason being the killer was a stupid idea, which goes to show, I mean, the guy's good at, you know, predicting, or doing his uh, movie magic on the, you know, effects, but maybe not so good at uh, figuring out what audiences actually likes. But um, it came out in between, and there's really nothing to recommend it, in my opinion. I, I It's it's fine if you don't, if you've not watched a ton of slashers and you just want, like, a uh, average summer, you know, camp slasher. But to me, like I said, I was, I was literally on my phone the entire time. I was oh, like, my I, God. That's I pretty rare for you. It is. Uh, the one other thing I'll say about it, since we're doing a mini review of it here at the end, uh, you know who made the movie? No. First movie that ever, this person ever made. Who? Harvey Weinstein. Shut up! No, I'm, I'm fucking serious. Oh, my God. It is, it is the thing that gave Harvey Weinstein the money to start making, you know, what the empire that he did. Okay. Way to go, losers. Look what you fucking created. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair... Uh, and, and that's not being fair at all because the guy's a monster. Uh, you know, w- if it wasn't for Miramax, there would be a lot of movies that we got that are cl- just outright the greatest movies ever made. In particular, the Tarantino movies, Pulp Fiction, yeah. you know, and stuff like that, that uh, would not have been made without uh, Harvey Weinstein signing off on them. I think we know that, and I think we acknowledge that there are creative monsters out there, unfortunately, and there is an internal battle that people seem to like, well, I can't watch this because of it. And that's fine if you choose that. But please don't judge people that are watching this and they didn't, it's, they don't know what's going on behind the scenes. It's not like it was happening to the actors that were in the films or anything like that. Um, and that's a whole yeah. other topic for a whole different fucking podcast. But people I mean, can still yeah. like the shit that came out because he signed off on it, like literally signed off on it. There, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Harvey Weinstein. I mean, we, we you know, if we're going to address the the man's evils, that's we got to address the positives. He, there's a lot of stuff that he, you know, he looked at, and the movie would have been worse if he hadn't came in and made the, the call he did because yeah. the guy was actually the guy was good at, at knowing how to produce movies. He really was. He was also good at, at apparently molesting women. So oh. there's that, or you know, too. So. Oh Lord, have mercy. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So the burning, not a recommend for me. I, and I know it's a classic. I mean, I, I've seen it on so many lists of people. They're like, have you seen the burning? Have you seen the burning? Uh, Cropsey's got a real cool, he does have a cool look. I'm not going to take that away from the movie, but the movie is little, literally a eighties, just summer camp romp 
for most of the movie, and then you get the kills at the end. Oh and it's just God. like, okay, I, no, that's not what you. I wanted. <laughs> at that point, I'll just uh, watch Pearl. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just watched it because I'm trying to knock some of these out. I'm going to probably cover Madman uh, uh, at some point. The Legend of Mad Mad Mars, it was another uh, movie that came out. I know the Dead Pit guys, that's one of their favorite, like, uh, obscure uh, 80s slasher movies. I wasn't big into that one either. I'm hoping on a, a second viewing that I'll see more in it, but I feel like it was another Johnny-come-lately whenever it came to all the other slashers out there. So, yeah. Uh, again, cool killer, cool concept. Just the, the movie was, like, mediocre, and, and there's so many slashers that were made back in the day that, I mean... We've got good ones. Why would you sit there? I mean, unless you're just bored with, and, and, and that's the other thing. A lot of these guys who are into some of these like obscure slashers, they don't see the benefits in like modern horror. And I feel bad for them because there's a lot of good stuff out there now, folks. I mean, X included. I mean, X and Pearl. I mean, it's the modern genre, like, you know, not giving them the time of day just because they were made past 1989, you know, on, you know, New Year's Eve going 1990. It's a bad call, in my opinion. I just don't see the point in, in being that way about it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so for you, uh, Pearl, one and done. X, you might if you're going to sleep watch it. Uh, for me, I like both of them. Mm-hmm. I, pro- I probably like X more, I mean, honestly. But yeah. it's, it, it's it's understandable. It's yeah. it's it's a pretty enjoyable movie overall. It's a throwback movie. So I'm sure if I'm my hoping- hubby had to rate, rate it, he would say that he really liked Pearl a lot. Um, but I bet you he would say he liked uh, X more. I, and I wonder how Maxine's going to fall out. Because yeah. Maxine is the one that can pivot it one way or the other. I feel like... It could go straight up 80s slasher since it's set in the middle of the 80s. But, I mean, then again, Ty West could pull a fast one on us, and it could be some weird, like, throwback to Jallos or something. And because now Pearl's in the middle of Hollywood, and now there's a bunch of people dying around her, you know, and it's, it's or not Pearl, but Maxine. Yeah, and, same you know, thing. And Ma- well, it's me God. I know, but, uh, yeah. But Maxine's like, you know, suddenly everybody's around her dying and like, you know, she's, you know, it's not necessarily just straight up slasher. It's more giallo based. Like you, the killer is, you know, like got the black gloves, the black mask. And it's, you know, I don't know which way he's going to go with it. I honestly don't. I don't, he, he's, he's went across the spectrum of these two movies so far. I'm going to call it now. And I'm going to say that Mia Goth she sealed her fate when she told Pearl, I am nothing like you. And we're going to find out, Maxine, that she is exactly like Pearl. So you think it's going to show her, maybe she's the killer. Maybe it goes back to mm-hmm. her full circle. You, So you're thinking, so she gets out to Hollywood. She has a couple of good movies. She's now washed up, and it's only been like four, three or four years into her career. Because honestly, the shelf life of a porn star, not that long oh, for most yeah. of them. God, it's like a and, year for some at best. Yeah. Yeah, and so now she's seeing an up-and-comer that's, like, doing better, and she gets the resentment, and, and Pearl's curse, as it were, kind of transfers to her. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be something similar to that. I mean, I'm not calling the storyline. I'm just saying she's going to find out she's like Pearl, or she's at least going to have some fucking tendencies inside of her uh, that are going to that are gonna show through. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm wondering if if the evangelical upbringing comes into effect because they hinted at it, but yeah. they didn't do anything with it. Uh, I liked that at the end of X and I think it might 
Uh, especially because her dad's like, she's been consumed by the devil. You know, we're going to we're gonna find some shit out. You know what would blow my fucking mind and probably the minds of most Ty West fans? If he somehow works the house of the devil, because you know they were cults of the satanic groups operating yeah. in, in, in house of the devil. If they somehow work at the end, at the very end of the movie, that it ties in to house of the devil, like that same universe, mind blown. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. You... <laughs> We'll see. All right. All right. So, absolutely not. So, is that is, that's the name of it, right? Yes. If I'm not. Okay. Absolutely uh, not. That should be hopefully coming back this coming Tuesday. Uh, if all goes well, I'm trying to talk Daphne into every other week right now. I think every week is a little pressing, uh, especially keeping up with topics. It's kind of hard to do that. Um, and then, of course, you know, she has a child that has just made its. His way into college, and that's she's dealing with that. That's she's it's empty nesting over there. Oh yeah, she's yeah. I'm I'm getting a little bit of that right now. Exactly. So, yeah, so, I understand it. You know. So and I and I totally understand it. So I'm like you know either she asked if we could have you know last week uh, skip, and I was like absolutely, absolutely yes if you will. And this week it looks like there's a couple of topics. So what I really want to talk about, we have to talk about Trump's mugshot. And the fallout and the outbreak, everything that's involved with that. How do you not talk about that? Yes. I mean, I, I would like to talk about that because, I mean, it's it didn't go the way that the people on one side thought it was going to go. Yes. Like, it's, it's, and, and if anything, it's, and I don't know how, how that side feels. I mean, I don't know if they're taking it as a big L, if they're crying about it, or if they're, if it's just reinforced, it's like we're dealing with psychos. Uh, you know, meaning, you know, right versus left and all mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But, like, um, it has emboldened more people uh, to his support, uh, more so than it has actually detracted and said, we can't vote for this guy. Yeah. So there's that. She has some political stuff she's posted that I have not watched, and I usually don't until showtime, so that way it's just a surprise to me. You know, um, I know she's probably seen it. Donnie G has a video he wants us to listen to and have a blind react online. So we're going to do that. And then my hubby and I were having a discussion over dinner the other night about couples back in the day, which kind of falls in line with Pearl uh, and, you know, well, maybe not X, but definitely Pearl. Around those times where couples used to have separate bedrooms or beds. Yes. And how, if that, whether or not that helped a marriage or not, you know, we were kind of going back and forth on that. Like, could it have worked? Could it be better? Blah, blah, blah. Why would couples do it nowadays versus back then? Blah, blah, blah. So I wanted to have that discussion with AV. I feel like right off the bat, both of us are like, no, we would never do it. But are there actually pros to it versus cons, et cetera? And I kind of wanted to get into that. So I need to look up some facts on it, but we will be discussing that. She doesn't know it yet. Surprise, bitch. <laughs> uh is it going to be like a future topic the one thing i sent you in the discord about the the other podcast or whatever that had oh, the, uh, uh that was just added so yes we need to we need to uh, squeeze that into the notes too but yes no that's going to be this coming week if we are able to get together and record um as so far lots as of blind pod- reacts this week actually yeah that's true uh as far as this podcast goes Next episode, I guess, is uh, Ready or Not. What yes! was the one that we were doing with that one? Um, Because I've, I've got a suggestion if we don't have one, but I thought we had something else to go along with it. I think we did. Hold, please let me go to the pins. 
Um, okay, apparently I'm in the wrong channel. Hold, please. Oh, yeah, yeah, I need to be in general. And then, okay, so September ready or not and hatchet. Okay. We can do hatchet. We can also, because Samara Weaving is technically an Aussie, we could do Wolf Creek, maybe Wolf Creek 1 and 2. I've, I've heard, heard I've heard good things about Wolf Creek. I'm just saying it's okay. got it's got a lot of and it would fit with Ready or Not because well actually both of them would they're they've got comedy in, involved in both of them so it's you know it's a toss up but you know it's hot as, as Hades down there in Australia most of the time and it takes place during the 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 worst part of their summer so I figure it's a good mix if we if we don't catch it anywhere else okay we can do that. Um, I'm going to change it right now, ready or not. And then the only thing with hatchet is it's like a trilogy or there's four movies in it. We'll get to it if we can. I just don't know if we'll have time for it. It's, okay. So yeah, you know, I just yeah. updated it. So yeah, ready or not. Or in Wolf Creek. Yeah. And that's just for the Australian part of it. You know? <laughs> of our slasher genre. Uh, yeah. Cause I don't think smart waving is supposed to be Australian in, in the movie. Cause it's clearly set in the U S and she's using her U S accent. How off? How weird was it to hear her with her, Aust- her Australian accent and scream six? It, it threw me for a loop. Like I didn't expect it. I wasn't even my my fucking uncultured ass wasn't even thinking Australian. I was thinking fucking British or whatever. You know, I wasn't yeah, picking I, I, that up. Now she's New Zealand. Then I'm sorry, Kiwis. I'm yes. sorry, I'm lumping you in with those dirty Australians and vice versa. But I'm pretty sure she's Australian. I'm just throwing it out there. Um. um God, I keep mistake. I mistook her for um. God, uh, what's that other actress that's in fucking Barbie? Why, I keep mistaking these two. Margot Robbie. Yeah. Uh, they look very similar, and that has been made uh, fun of on the internet about how close they look in appearance. Yeah. But uh, uh Samara Robbie. Weaving has a little bit different of a definitely different of a look. Um, Samara Weaving. Yeah, Samara Weaving is an Australian actress. Okay, that's what I thought. So that that fits. That keeps it all Australian, you know. Oh my god, so it was Margot Robbie so. though. And when I heard, she, I th- yes, I thought she, I thought she was British. I uh, well, I thought so too because when she's having her Barbie interviews, she sounds British to me. So there you go. I don't feel bad anymore. Okay, well they are obviously uh, cloned from each other. That's what I am officially stating for this podcast. Somebody's so father go. has got some explaining to do. <laughs> The the weird thing about Samara Weaving, and it's it's so weird. I don't know what to think. She looks quite a bit like her father, Hugo Weaving, the guy who oh, played, yeah. you know, uh, Aragorn, or not Aragorn, but uh, El- Elrond in the uh, Lord of the Rings, but also in, uh, he was Agent Smith in, you know, the, the Matrix movies. She looks quite a bit like him, but she's the female version, and she's hot, so I don't know how to take that. Mm. I don't know what to process how to process that information. But why? I, I see his face when I look at her, but then I'm like, but she's hot, you know? Without cheating, how tall do you think these women are? Oh, I'm thinking they're like five, five, five at tallest, maybe five, three, five, four. Oh, you bitch. Because I thought that they were like five, seven, five, eight. They I look tall to me. I see that maybe with Margot Robbie in the in the Barbie movie because she, but I think she's in heels a lot in that movie. She's too, in heels so. a lot. So Margot Robbie is five six. Samara Weaving is five five. You're mean to tell me that with way better taking care of myself, maybe growing two to three inches, I could be like her. <laughs> <laughs> Not You're even saying? close. 
There's a chance. Yes. Um, I can look like I'm tall. Now, granted, at 5'2", anything taller than what I am is going to look like I'm taller. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that'd be a good, like, Australian connection between the two of them and keep them all linked together. Because I don't know how to link Hatchet and Ready or Not together. I just don't. Like, Hatchet okay. is Hatchet is closer linked to uh, Friday, or Friday the 13th, honestly, just because it's, you know, you got the Kane Hodder of it all, like, connecting them, that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess after that, we're finishing up Chucky. So I have watched two of those movies in, in preparation. Uh, seed for the first time, actually. I, that was the very first time I've watched Seed the other day, so we'll, we'll have some discussions. Did we review The Babysitter? We have not reviewed The Babysitter because that is demonic, technically. It is, yeah, okay. Uh, and I love that fucking movie yeah. <laughs> so much. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we got, what we got coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, be here or, you know... I'm not going to finish that statement. Yeah, we don't. Uh, have, we got nothing. We, we can't say that. So with that, folks, peace be with you. And with your spirit. I got it.